do a full Dynamite report later, but obviously the big stories come out of the show. We have a new AW champion for the fourth time, by the way, because he was listed as a three-time champion when he was coming down to the ring. So I guess they're now counting the interim championship as a title reign. So John Moxley beat Brian Danielson. But when he won, when he won, he said three-time champion. Well, someone needs to get their story straight because yeah. uh, as he was coming down to the ring, uh, they listed him as a three-time champion. So, okay. Anyway, uh, he beat Brian Danielson, and the acclaimed won the tag team titles as pretty much everybody expected. And Chris Jericho won the Ring of Honor title from Claudio Castagnoli. And so three title changes on a great show with an incredible crowd. Yes, great crowd. Um, the first million-dollar gate for a television show that they've done. They've done three for pay-per-views. They've done $4 million gates since the end of May. Um, are people still saying that they're dying? I don't think people are saying that they're dying. Okay. I have people still saying stuff like uh, they're... They're failing, so I don't know. They don't seem failing to me. Although there's, there is some concern in certain places of, of things and legitimate concern. But the idea that they're failing or dying is is ludicrous. And people who are saying what all the stuff they're doing wrong, um, and you know, hey, there's some stuff they're doing wrong. But if you're going to say they're doing stuff wrong, you better be saying they're doing a lot of stuff right because you don't do business like that. I mean, a secondary company. Number two company doing business like this on a, at least for big shows on a regular basis. Um, there have only been a few million dollar gates for television in the history of this country. And um, I mean, very, very few. Um, I think that WWE may have done, because they charge higher ticket prices at the Garden than anywhere else. So WWE for sold out Garden tapings in the last couple of years may have topped a million. I think they did. Um, I know that they have topped a million in um, London when they run the O2, not when they run Wembley, but well, for, for like sold out Raws, because I've seen, I have seen those gates. Um, uh, and, you know, even going back a couple of years. So, um, but they hadn't done that. They probably have not done that, that type of a number in many, many years, but they have done it in the past. So, I mean, you're probably can count it on, I don't want to say one hand, but certainly on two hands, the number of times this has ever happened. And so this this was a very big milestone for AEW and, and just impressive historically in wrestling to do something like this. So um, they, they did, uh, it was 1.02 million is what the, it ended up being. So uh, anyway, that's, they, uh, did you see the picture of the guy who, who was the, who sold, who Bought the ticket to put him over a million. Oh, they gave him a uh, uh, chair with all of the guys in the tournament autographed. Yeah, yeah, he looked like a he freaking looked looked like Kenny Omega, like yeah. Um, just I don't think totally... Kenny Omega should have been allowed to enter this. Enter what? It was a joke. Anyway, yeah. So uh, a lot of new champions. Great show. It was a great show. Yeah, and. Um, I thought that Jericho winning the championship was was actually was a great great idea, um, you know, to to get the Ring of Honor title, make it really big because anything Jericho has in that company is going to be big. Moxley as champion, so it was an interesting political thing with Moxley as champion because 
um, Moxley and Nick Gage have a match, and Nick Gage has to retire if he loses. So I figured that that was going to be the way to get the championship off Moxley. It's in Atlantic City in uh, just a couple of weeks. All right, we're back. We had to uh, handle the situation. But anyway, when the match was first announced... Yeah, when the match was first announced... Um, well, I mean, the, this, this is a Moxley-Nick Gage match. When that match was first announced, Moxley wasn't scheduled to be AEW champion at the time. Punk was going to be champion. So He wasn't even scheduled to be on TV at the time. He was supposed to be on vacation. Right, he was going to just do one match. That's right. He was going to come... Because he was supposed to come back for the Cincinnati show. Which, by the way, will be... He will be defending the championship in Cincinnati, which we'll talk about later. But, um... The... So... So... It made sense for him to lose that GCW title, uh, but now it's a politically weird thing because Tony's not going to want his world champion losing a match on an independent show. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, maybe he'll give, you know, maybe he'll do it just because of the nature of the stipulation and, and that they basically are backed into a corner. I don't know how that's going to be handled. It's going to be very interesting. Well, you know, I don't know what Tony's going to say about this, but... Uh... The fact of the matter is, this summer, John Moxley saved his ass, and he probably owes him a favor. You only got the championship. <laughs> that might be the favor. Well, I mean, you know, he did, but I don't think that Moxley asked the... for it for a favor. I'm sure that he was going to do whatever, but I mean... Uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, well, I mean, as far as, like, um, yeah, no, he. I mean, he put the championship on him when... Um, when Punk got hurt the first time, the interim championship, because he thought it was the best guy for the job and the guy to, you know, uh, have the best situation to build up Punk before Punk faced MJF, which was the, the original plan for um, Chicago was Punk and MJF. But because Punk got hurt and had to win the championship or win the, you know, win the championship back, they had to delay Punk and MJF until um, whenever they're going to, well, they were, you know, it was going to be for the November pay-per-view for full gear. So it's probably Moxley and MJF at full gear, most likely. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he carried the title, did a great job. I suppose he owes him a favor in that sense. Um, but he's the champion, so it's not like, um, you know, he... It's not like it's not like he did a favor and then kind of turned his back on him. He put the title on him again, which in this case, tonight, I mean, he he you know he could have gone with Danielson just as easy. I mean, it would not have been either guy could have won. It would have been just fine. Um, I know a lot of people wanted Danielson to win because it's new. Um, I, I mean, my gut is is for the dynamic um, that that Moxley versus MJF for the dynamic is better than Danielson versus MJF. So. Moxley's the guy to go with um, in the situation, but I do think that I do think Danielson should win that championship at some point, and I think people want to see it. And um, you know, at some point, probably in twenty twenty three. But you know, I mean, again, that depends on a lot of different things. I mean, where they go with the title and um, um, what's drawing, what's not drawing. You know, I mean, it's not like it's a must that he has to do it or Danielson's owed it. If it's the right thing to do at the time. Uh, it's it would be a good thing to do. So, um, but there's 
you know, there's a lot of guys in a lot of different situations and, and uh, that can transpire and who knows what's going to happen. You know, I mean, you know, Punk may come back for all we know, you know, not for a while, you know, probably not for seven, eight months. But um, at that point, he might come back and, you know, who knows what will happen then. So there's there's a lot of things in play. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything long term that's, you know, set up in stone. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, the Super Seeker himself. Fermentor is coming back at you. The God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. And as you can tell, this episode is being released on a Sunday and not on a Saturday. And I know some people are wondering exactly as to why this is being edited on here. Uh, you're going to hear two different entrances. You're gonna, obviously, you're hearing this one for the first time. And the second one is going to take place in just a few moments because this episode was supposed to have been released yesterday, but I had some work I had to go do and everything, and I really didn't have enough time to go ahead and finish off this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. But just to give you guys an idea as to what's going to happen on this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, what's happening in the world of professional wrestling, including what has taken place with Grand Slam. You know that we have a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Bound for Glory that's going to take place over uh, for Impact Wrestling on Friday, October 7th. And that's going to be something interesting to check out. And speaking of Impact Wrestling, they recently have done a show this uh, just a couple of days ago, as a matter of fact, Victory Road. And we're going to be talking about those matches and everything else like that. And we're going to be covering a lot of other things that are going to be happening in the world of professional wrestling. And I guess the biggest question would be, why am I releasing this episode on a Sunday instead of what I usually do and what happened last week? So I'm going to be talking about all that and much, much more. So this is the new intro that you're listening to right now. I was going to edit out some stuff, but I didn't want to take too long. So I figured I'd go ahead and just present this with you guys. So that way you'll know about what's going on. So there's going to be a couple things we're going to talk about. Oh, and also a couple things. Uh, and we, and we're going to, ho- we're going to go ahead and get some of the birthday shout outs out of the way on this episode of the Maven Talk podcast. You know who you are. Okay. 
we're going to get that out of the way. And also a couple of iconic, um, a couple of, uh, let's see, things that are going to happen. Uh, well, just tune in, just listen into the Main Event Talk podcast. So, uh, and, and, and I must apologize at this time. I mean, I know it's taken a while for me to go ahead and put out a new episode, but now I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm putting this episode right out, right as it happens. Okay, so guys, we're going to go ahead and get right into the beginning of the intro. Uh, like I said, this intro, I, I would have, this would have been presented yesterday. But like I said, I had some stuff I had to do and I'm just editing out some stuff, but I didn't want to leave anything out of this episode. So, guys, just sit back, relax and listen, and I'll be back with you later on in this episode of the Mayvet Talk podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Tonk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, the super secret himself, Herman Torres, coming back at you, the God among gods, the king among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch, walking God's green earth. And I know what everyone's thinking. Today is Saturday, the 24th of September. And some people are wondering what happened last week on the 17th. Because there was supposed to have been an episode. Well, the main event is going to explain uh, what's going on in just a moment. So let's go ahead and get what we need to get out of the way. <clears throat> you just heard about what happened. Uh, the fallout from Grand Slam this past Wednesday night. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about several things, including what's been happening with NXT. Uh, I have not talked about the new logo and everything else like that or or the new colors that are changing. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll also talk about several other things, including Extreme Rules cl- coming up in the WWE. War Games is going to be on Survivor Series and everything. And um, a couple of other things that are going on in the world of professional wrestling. So, many of it's going to be... Um, interested to tell you about all those things not just the stuff that happened last week but the stuff that happened this week oh and also logan paul to challenge roman reigns for the universal championship for the undisputed universal championship as that takes place over in crown jewel in saudi arabia on saturday november 5th we will be talking about that and everything else like that so I guess an explanation is in order as to why I'm releasing an episode this week. Uh, there really wasn't much to talk about last week. Uh, there were a couple of a uh, couple of things that I know that I would have loved to have talked about, but it really wasn't going to be able to, you know, fill in the spot or fill in the gap of any kind that would be, you know, you know, that would be anything. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I was like thinking, you know what? Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of things that were happening on Saturday. Uh, a lot of things that I was busy on, so I, I couldn't really do a podcast at all. So I had to, I was going to try and release it on Sunday or on Monday, but I couldn't do it. You know, so I didn't have enough time. And I figured, you know what, there's no point in talking about it. There's no point in mentioning it. So it's like, okay, well, let's save all this until next week. You know, there won't be much happening next week. You know, um, we got several things that are going to be happening this week. As a matter of fact, I believe there was an event. I believe there was an event that took place this past Friday on uh, Impact Wrestling's uh, Victory Road, which we will give you the results of later on <clears throat> on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Uh, plus a couple of other things we, we will talk about later on. But yeah, I, I really didn't want to do a show last week. That's pretty much the explanation. 
because I, um, like I said, I had some things I had to do Saturday, uh, last Saturday to be exact. Uh, there was some boxing that happened with Carnello, uh, Canelo and uh, Triple G. Saw that fight last weekend. Great event and everything. Uh, did a couple of things around the house and everything. I actually built me one of these. Um, <clears throat> you know how you have one of those. You have one of these uh, stands that you have over uh, for, you know, how you set up your TV, your high definition TV, and you set it up on a wall and everything, a wall mount and everything. Well, that's what I did with my TV. See, I got three different wall mounts. I got one that I have in my room. I have another one that's in the kitchen and I have another that's in the uh, out, on the outside. Now, the outside and the kitchen are the two main parts where. I have a small TV. I have like a 32-inch TV uh, that I use to watch the boxing or watch wrestling or watch anything that I can, you know, so that way we don't have to keep, you know, <clears throat> keep putting the TV in the closet, you know, so that's what we kind of did. So the thing that I did was um, I put one outside, a new one. And uh, it was set up perfectly the way I wanted. I had the right tools. I had the right uh, equipment to work with. So luckily, once I, w- once I got it done, that was it. There was really nothing else to, to, to shape up and everything. I was uh, feeling much better about that. So, yeah, we had the boxing. Uh, I had some stuff I had to do Saturday. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, I, did, I didn't want to do a show at all. Not that I didn't want to do a show. Because there were a lot of things that were happening in wrestling. And there were a lot of things else that were happening this week. Um, <clears throat> there, was, there was one thing. And I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. Because this took place last week on a Friday. So I was uh, busy trying to do some work. right? And all of a sudden, uh, I was leaving the house. right? And I was going down the street here in Castores, right? I was going down and I saw one cop car racing. I thought, okay, well, something must have happened. And then I saw another cop car racing. That's two. Another cop car, another cop car, which was four. Then I saw like two constables coming down. That was like practically six, seven cops. I saw two fire trucks going that way, right? And there was like a shitload of cop cars, fire trucks and everything. So my thought was there was a huge emergency, right? So I wasn't sure what it was, and it didn't come to my head until all of a sudden, as soon as I went to go pick up my partner, all of a sudden, um, uh, he told me just, uh, you know, just chill out for a few minutes. We got to head over to Ray High School as soon as possible because apparently there must have been a shooting happening. So that, and I was like, okay, so that that explains all the trucks that I saw coming down the street, right? This is right, right around like... Uh, I think it was between 1.50 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon when all this took place, right? So I leave and, you know, we're trying to get updates to see what's going on. I pick up my brother to go do some stuff and everything. And um, there, was a, there wasn't really much of a mass shooting of any kind. But there was, I guess it was just a false alarm, which that's what it was. And thank God it was because we've had... We've had enough killings around here, not around here, but around the world, you know, that have to involve a school, that have to involve this and that, that we don't need something happening here in Corpus. We really don't. It's just ridiculous. You know, and once we found out it was a false alarm, I mean, 
that was good. I mean, there were some uh, concerned parents that were wondering what was going on. And they wanted to go pick up their kids immediately. You know, Uh, some couldn't. They had to be escorted over to, I get Del Mar to pick up their kids and everything. And that's what took place. And, you know, a lot of upset parents were wondering what the hell's going on. And and there were a lot of stuff that I heard that was (laughs) absolutely ridiculous. But that's okay. You know, there was really nothing to be worried about. So. You know, it's important to understand and you have to also realize something, especially here at Corpus and especially uh, in every school you go to, um, you're going to see several cops, several fire trucks, several vehicles that are going to haul ass to a school because chances are there will be a shooting that takes place. Now, I don't know if the shooting actually occurred. It may have been just a false alarm, like this said. But it's always it's always good to take precautionary measures, especially when it comes to stuff like this. Because keep in mind, you we're in a society now. We're in an, a, a generation where a mass school shooting is eventually going to happen, and and it's true. I mean, look what happened in Newval. Uh, in Uvalde, Texas, about a couple of months back. I mean, that took place. That took place about, what, a few days before graduation or a few days before they're about to get off of school? It, it's incredible. It's incredible how something like, sorry, I just dropped something, that something like this would occur and nobody would think about it, right? Nobody would think about it because it's just a regular day of school. Nowadays, you go somewhere in school and they are taking huge huge cautions, right? They're making sure that all the doors are locked. They're making sure that anybody that gets in, they have to go through the register first before they can get into school. If you want to see your students or if you want to see your 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 kid or whatever, you have to sign a paper. You have to sign something that says, hey, this person's here to see so-and-so, yada, yada, yada. There is so many precautionary measures taking place in school. It's unbelievable. Is it ridiculous? I'm going to say yes, but also at the same time, it's the right call because, you know, you never know when a mass shooting could happen. You could be responsible or somebody else could be responsible. I mean, you know, let's face it, that thing that happened at Ray High School, it may have been a false alarm, but let's face it, they're not going to go ahead and just you know, take this thing lightly and you got to commend it. You got to commend it to the Corpus Christi Police Department for getting involved in this because, you know, if it didn't take place, it didn't take place at Ray High School, it could take place in Moody. If it didn't take place in Moody, it could take place in Miller. If it didn't take place in Miller, it could take place at any place. It could take place in an elementary school here in Corpus Christi. It could take place in a middle high school. In, in Corpus, I mean, this is the thing. And it's not just here in Texas. It's not just here in Texas. Every other school across the United States are taking huge precautions to make sure that there's not a mass shooting that took place. And if it does take place, they're going to go by the rules and they're gonna try everything in their power to make sure that everyone is safe. With all of these students and all of these kids and all of these, and I'll call it like I see it, all of these moronic idiots that want to go ahead and and start a mass shooting 
because they can are ludicrous. You know, I mean, these days, especially in 2022, we are dealing, we are dealing with a lot of ridiculous nutcases that want to go ahead and fuck up a school or fuck up a place no matter what, just because they can. Stupid. It's ridiculous. And also, here's something to think about, guys, and this is something you really need to pass along to your kids. Ask questions. Ask questions. I mean, ask them if they have a friend that is not right. Or ask them if if they have, if they know somebody that doesn't look right. And I'm not talking about looks or anything else like that, but basically that doesn't look right. That doesn't seem normal. Like look like they have a problem at home or an issue at home. Because sometimes we have to keep in mind, we have all of these kids that are in a generation where the only way they're going to be able to bully somebody is through social media, right? If they're not doing it to your face, they're doing it in social media. If And if they have these mental problems, they're going to react to those mental problems. I mean, that's how, that's how you see it, you know, and I've seen all these things take place. And people want to react very violently. They want to go ahead and purchase a gun. They want to do all these things because they think it's the right call because it makes them feel good. But what they don't get is the consequences of their actions. And their actions, if they shoot somebody at a school or they shoot somebody over in the neighborhood, they are going to be wanted fugitives. They're going to get caught by the law. Just like that. And it's sad that we have these children who feel that it's okay. Do we blame the parents? Well, sometimes that would be the option to blame the parents because they had a child that had a problem and they didn't know about it. But sometimes at the same time, maybe the parents didn't know. Maybe the parents didn't know that this, that their kid had a mental problem and the kid never came to the parents and and say that I have a problem, I have an issue. Or maybe the parents just didn't want to. There are so many conflicting things that are happening that nobody seems to understand that you could be dealing with a problem one minute and the next you may not be dealing with a problem. But the thing that you have to be careful with, guys, is ask questions. Please do ask your kid any question. They may have a problem. They may not have an issue. And if they do, please prevent it from happening. Because you never know. You never know what happens if a child or teenager could do something stupid or reckless that could hurt somebody else in the end. So please just ask questions. Be safe. And to everyone over in Ray High School, uh, great job on what you guys are doing, and please keep it up. And to every other school, to Moody High School, to Ray High School, to King High School, to everyone, and to even all the elementary schools and even all the middle schools here in Corpus Christi, please take precaution, guys, because, look, if somebody tries to pull a prank, that's one thing, but... The city of Corpus Christi is not going to take this sitting down. They're going to act on it even if it's not real. Okay? So we, we have to be careful, guys. We have to be extremely careful 
with what goes on, all right? I'm glad that everyone is safe over in Ray High School, and I just hope that nothing like this happens ever again. But who knows? It may happen in about another month, a couple of weeks, maybe another year. Who knows? We'll see what happens. So with that being said, uh, let's get right into the music and everything. Uh, I've got something that I need to talk about first before we get right into the show. So um, I wanted to talk about, in this moment, we're going to ta- we're gonna take a little, a little sidestep a little bit from wrestling and get into uh, a little bit of music for a while. Um, so a couple weeks ago was the release of a song called Triumphant Always from a band called The Southern Revival. Now, I have talked about The Southern Revival many times on my podcast. Um, I know two of the members of the band. One, his name is uh, Tyler, who's the guitarist for the, ba- for the band, and he is also Hangman Adam Page. <laughs> okay. okay, it's not really Hangman Adam Page, but... Every time, every time I look at uh, Tyler, he he reminds he reminds me a lot like Hangman, because of the hair and everything else like that. But he also kind of has um, Tyler kind of has that uh, kind of a Dimebag Daryl, um, Gary Holt type look to him. Gary Holt is in you know Gary Holt from Exodus and uh, and Slayer, around there. And the other member, of course, is uh, none other than one of my longtime best friends, uh, Mark Anthony Pantoja. And uh, he's someone I've known for many, many, many years. You know, he is a he is a part of my elite force. And by by me calling it the elite force is there are guys that have best friends. I have about six of them, actually seven to be exact. Um. Hector's one, Joseph is another, Roman's another, Stephanie's another, um, Samantha is another, uh, and then of course, uh, my longtime best friend, uh, rest in peace, uh, Adam Ramos. Mark Anthony is definitely one of those best friends I've known for many, many years. He, um, he and I, Grew up in the same neighborhood. He uh, he grew up over in um, in Townsend or not Townsend? Um, <laughs> what's the street called? Uh, I was gonna say Cambridge. No, uh, uh, I grew up in Nicholson Street, and he grew up in Nesbit, right? And we, I knew him through his brother, uh, his brother Gabriel, many years ago. And then we knew each other in the neighborhood. You know, we knew Hector. Well, actually, we knew I knew Jesse. I knew Stephanie. I knew a few others in that neighborhood. And we grew up around each other since that time. You know, we've gone through uh, South Park. We've gone through Moody High School together. And, you know, Antoine has done a lot of good things for himself. Uh, He's been a part of several bands, including uh, Mariachi Muertos. He was a part of that band. Uh, he's been a part of several projects, and of course, he he does a lot of good uh, carpentry work. You know, he's also a good electrician, so I could tell you that. Uh, Mark has been a part of the Southern Revival for many years, and I didn't know he was a part of this band until probably I think two thousand, I think it was seventeen or eighteen. I think um, I heard about the band for many years, but I've never had a chance to see him live. Um, 
the one time I saw them live, I think they played with uh, several bands, and one of them was Conscientious, right? And um, it was good. Uh, I liked the Southern Revival. Uh, I like what they did on stage at the Black Malt Tavern about a year ago, and they had a I had a lot of potential. Had a lot of um, had a lot of good music to go with. Got some great musicians in the band, and they have uh, they have a pretty good fan base here in Corpus Christi, and they have played for many other uh, venues. They played at the House of Rock. Uh, they've played at the Black Malt Tavern. Uh, they've uh, I think they've played in several other venues in San Antonio and Houston and and other places there. So you know, Antoine's um, Antoine's been around music for many many times and everything. So. So this song that they have out now called uh, Triumph and uh, Triumph Always, um, I think the video was released, well, it was released two weeks ago, but the video was shot around the weekend of my birthday, right? Which was um, about several, several months back. So my birthday was on a Saturday, on the 16th. And at that same time, there were several big events happening. Uh, one one event that took place over Richard's Billiards, which was Emo Night, and the main event was a part of that. And there was another one where uh, Antoine and the rest of Southern Revival were doing a music video, right? And they had got done with the music video and everything, and I saw it. And then a couple of weeks ago, it was released on Facebook. Uh, saw, the, saw the video, which is good. The music, however, this song was just like, wow, what, what exactly did they do, you know? Now, I'll be critical when I say that the Southern Revival's music is good, but there was something missing. I wasn't sure what, but something was missing from, from what the Southern Revival needed until this song came out. When I heard it, I said, ooh, that was it. So when I heard the song on Facebook, I was like, wow, that that just blew my fucking mind right there. So, and Antoine knows me. Uh, he's, he's known me a long time, and he knows that if I know a song that's going to hit with me and that any song that's going to be like, my God, this is the fucking shit, this is song, boom. I've always been critical, uh, I've always been, not critical actually, but I've always been a huge fan of a song that really clicks with the band, right? And it, it, it applies to every, every other band I've ever, ever heard of, ever seen, and, and I say that this is, this is it, this is how it should go, and you know, I hope it goes a little bit farther than expected, right? So the Southern Revival, they've been playing for a long, long time, They've got several good songs, but this was a song that I think hit home. That hit, it hit a lot. So I had heard it several times, and I wanted to play it here on my main event talk podcast. I have played several, <clears throat> several other bands. You know, I played. <clears throat> just gonna give you a list. I have played Shattered Sun a few times. I've played the new El Nino many times. I've played, uh, I think I've played Conscientious here a couple of times before. I've even played the Parable Massacre out here before, so I know how, I know how it rolls. 
So now the Southern Revival is going to get a chance to shine here on the Main Event Talk podcast. So to anyone that's interested, I mean, all you got to do is just head over to, go over to YouTube and look for a song called Always Triumph or Triumph Always. You'll like the video. You'll like the song. Definitely the song. The song, the song is what hits him real hard and everything. You can also follow him on, uh, on Instagram, I think. You can also follow him on Twitter as well. I think, yeah, I think you can follow him on Twitter as well. You can also follow him on Facebook and everything. You can also subscribe to him on, on Spotify. I think you can find him there. I think you could also find him on YouTube as well. So get an idea. So what does the future hold for the Southern Revival? Um, I'm hoping soon, I don't know when, but I'm hoping soon that maybe one day we'll see the Southern Revival perform at Rich's Billiards. They, they've they've played for the House of Rock. They've played for the Black Monk Tavern. They've played many places here at Corpus. But I've always felt that they should play over at Rich's Billiards. Simply because Rich's Billiards has been known to have many good bands that have performed there. To give you an example, Shattered Sun, The Periwinkle Massacre, Killamora, um... Texas Hate Machine, um, Saliva, they played there. Edema, they played there. Um, Twelve Stones, they've played there. Taproot, they've played there. Um, Norma Jean has played over there. Uh, let me also, I think, uh, of Serpents of Savior, you know, we can't leave them out. Um, Shadow of a Giants, and and, uh, and many others. Um, I think the Southern Revival will fit on the list of many big-time stars to, you know, come over to Rich's Billiards and make themselves a huge name. And they got a huge name now. They got a huge name now with the fan base they got going. And, you know, as loyal as these fans are, and trust me, I've seen, I've actually seen, and, I, and I was to, I'll, you know, mention this from experience. There's one time where I'm walking at H-E-B, right, over here by my house at Castores, and I'm just buying several groceries, right? And all of a sudden, I'm seeing this one lady walking in wearing a Southern Revival t-shirt. And I'm like, hmm? I turn around like, really? No way. And I think I think I mentioned that to Andrew. I saw a lady coming in wearing a Southern Revival shirt. Dude, you're, you're going places. You're going places. So... Yeah, they're good. Uh, like I said, uh, listen to Southern Revival on Spotify. Follow them on uh, Facebook. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, listen to them on YouTube. See the video on YouTube. And um, I promise you, you're you're going to like what you see. And like I said, hopefully soon in the future, we'll get a chance to see the Southern Revival at Rich's Billiards. And they already have a huge name going at Corpus. But the main event wants to make sure that their name gets as big as it could possibly be. Years and a night inside 
Okay, welcome back to this episode of the Maybe That Talk podcast. Now, as I mentioned at the very, 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 very beginning, because, uh, you know, like I said, I I, I had not had an opportunity to uh, uh, finish off any of the stuff that I was editing when I was trying to uh, get this episode running. Uh, I stumbled on a couple of things. Uh, there is one thing that we're going to talk about. We're going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now. Uh, this features the events of what's going to take place over Richard's Billiards is going to take place. We're getting closer and closer to the end of September. We're on September 5th right now, uh, 25th right now, going on to October, which means Halloween is coming. But also another thing is going to be happening um, at Richard's Billiards. And uh, to give you guys an idea of what that is, Let's see if we can play this. Okay, now just in case you're wondering what that is, uh, the main event, uh, and I think all of us are, know about this right now, this is Emo Night, and Emo Night is possibly going to have their biggest event 
uh, happening at Rich's Billiards. And this is definitely going to be the biggest event ever here. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's going to be... Let me see if I can look into this, if you will. Can we get to events? No, not that one. <laughs> How the hell did I get there? Okay, let's see. There we go. All right. This one is an event that's going to take place over Richard's Billiards. It's going to be possibly their biggest event ever at Richard's Billiards. It's going to take place on Saturday, October 15th. It's called Emo Night Corpus Christi presents a Halloween party featuring um, Rookie of the Year. Oh, crap. I didn't know about that. Social Order and Mighty Vices. That's going to happen. And uh, it's going to be interesting. And it says here, let's see if we can read into this a little bit more. Let's see. Here we go. What to expect. Uh, Emo Night, Corpus Christi featuring Rookie of the Year, Social Order, and Mighty Vices on uh, Saturday, October the 15th. Uh, Richard Williams, 5815 Weber, Cheers Exteriors, 21 and up. Uh, $15 at the door instead of its usual $10 deal because you know how how this goes anytime when there's a big event happening this is what's going to take place so it looks like let's see here it's an emo night doesn't really explain much here let's see i i think i got something here okay here we go uh live sets from rookie of the year uh social order featuring members of metro station and mighty vices uh, featuring uh, D-Jaws with uh, Emo, Knight, uh, Emo Knights Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, Social Order will be playing songs from the first Metro Station debut album. Uh, Shake It, Kelsey Control, 17, Forever, and more. So that's all that's all going to take place over at Rich's Billiards on Saturday, October 15th and I think um this is going to be a costume party apparently. So uh guys get there as early as you can. Uh let me see if I can look into this a little bit more. Okay, yeah, that's what I see here. I'm seeing the poster of what's going to take place at Emo Night with uh at Rich's Billiards Emo Night Corpus Christi Halloween Party Costume Contest. On Saturday, October 15th, with special guest uh, Mason uh, Musso from Metro Station and Ryan Dunson from Rookie of the Year. Okay, and these are the live sets that are going to take place uh, Saturday over at Rich's Billiards. Uh, let's see. 21 plus an upper welcome proper ID. It's going to be $15 at the door. Uh, the show starts at 9 p.m., and it's about 2 a.m., so no doubt it's going to be a interesting uh, festival. Now, will the main event be there for that? Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I, I, I do have something that's going to happen on Saturday, uh, October 15th, but that's going to happen during the day. No doubt there'll probably be something afterwards, which we will probably get into later on. But I'll explain what that is later on on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. So, guys, get there. For Emo Night's possibly biggest night in Richard's Billiards um, history, if you will. And uh, I've seen a lot of of shows that have taken place at Richard's Billiards. You know, and I've seen a lot of bands that have played the shows over Richard's Billiards and, and have drawn in some awesome crowds. Emo Night has always drawn in some awesome crowds. And this would probably be no exception. So trust me when I tell you it's going to be a big event. 
emo night um, Halloween party going to take place Saturday, October 15th. Get there as early as you can. I'm hoping I'm hopeful that I'll be there when I get the opportunity. Richards Billiards, 58-15 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. And those are pretty much all the special events that are going to be happening over at Rich's Billiards. And if I find out any more information in regards to this event or any other event that takes place over at Rich's Billiards, you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. Should be epic. Cannot wait to check it out. Speaking of Rich's Billiards, you know, it's been a long fucking time, you know. It's been a long time since the main event has stepped into Rich's Billiards. And I've been wanting to stop by at that place for quite a while. Even even though I you know, I've I've actually stopped by there a few times, but not inside the building. Like, you know how um Rich's Billiards has always been right there, right? But right next to it is um Mr. Louis. I always get my haircut there every single time. Uh I usually would get my haircut there and I would see it. And sometimes I would stop by, and then there are some times where I have to go. You know what I'm saying? Now, in this case, uh, I'm, I have not got my haircut yet over there, and I'll probably get it sometime this week when I have the chance, and no doubt I'll probably stop by at Rich's Billiards. I need to go back. Seriously. I have not had the taste of fucking a Fireball or Jaeger Bomb in a long fucking time. I've drank beer. <laughs> I'll admit that I've drank beer, but I haven't really been, you know, uh, you know, stopping by that place, but I wanted to stop by. So, uh, I wanted. Uh, I also wanted to go ahead and bring up a couple of things. Uh, we've got a couple of birthday shout-outs right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast, and I want to go ahead and get them out of the way as soon as possible. Now, the first birthday shout-out obviously goes out to WWE CEO or co-CEO. He is. She is also the wife of the... Um, the head of creative himself, Triple H, and of course, you know who I'm talking about. He is. She's also the daughter of the man who is uh, who has retired from the WWE, and also, um, well, word is he's supposed to be inducted in the Hall of Fame sometime in 2023. But we'll probably discuss that when we have the time. Stephanie McMahon's birthday was just yesterday. Happy birthday goes out to her. Also, happy birthday goes out to our good friend, Mateo. I know he doesn't hear my podcast that much, but I figured I'd go ahead and mention his name right here on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. His birthday was on Friday, I believe. You know, also that. Also, big birthday shout-out. I think it's today. I believe it's today. I saw a video of it earlier. To the big boss himself, Dominic. And I got to say this. Uh, every time. Every time. I... I don't care what anyone says. Every time I see Dom, I call him the big boss because he is just that, the big boss. Why do you call him that? Um, number one, I think he's the big, you know, anytime when it's myself and Hector and Mark Anthony and everybody, he just comes out looking like the big boss. He dresses like the big boss. He looks like a big boss. He looks like a big boss. Trust me. That's why I call him that, you know. I can't, I can't call, because look, listen, I, I've always had, and I know Antoine will get a test of this, I've always had a nickname for everyone that I've come across to, like Homestar Runner, Homestar Runner, that's Hector, obviously, I call him Homestar, uh, Mark Anthony Bantoja, I call him Antoine, you know, I call him that, uh, Renee Hernandez, I, I, call, I call him Bullwinkle for obvious reasons, 
because he sounds like Bullwinkle, believe it or not. Um, and if there was one person that would be labeled as the best drummer on the planet, it would definitely be John Luna. Happy birthday goes out to John Luna. I know that they uh, they were over at Twin P. I'm very, very surprised about that. I'm, ve- I'm very surprised. You know why? Because, let's see, you couldn't take John Luna, and I'm being honest here, you couldn't take John Luna to a strip club, but you decided to take him over to Twin Peaks. Well, that's close enough. Well, we wanted to drink beer. Well, strip club has fucking beers. Well, we wanted to see titties. Hello. Go. You know? Well, this is G-rated. Oh, shit. (laughs) I don't know. I was just suggesting. I don't know what else that they did. I don't know who else was involved. Um, I know that uh, I would have loved to have been over there and everything. Uh, But I was working over at George West. Uh, I was there for several hours doing some stuff. And I came in, I came in back to Corpus around, I think, six, five. Oh, it was five o'clock. Yeah, it was five o'clock when I showed up. I was tired as hell. You know, I couldn't do anything. So I wanted to give a big happy birthday shout out to the best drummer on the planet, John Luna, who I hoped had himself a great, great time with everybody else involved over Twin Peaks. And hopefully very, very soon, uh, we'll all get together again soon. And the reason why I say that is because um, now I must apologize at this time because I was given some information and um, I wanted to go ahead and get this out because uh, this is not, it's not a birthday shout out, but this is uh, to address something that uh, I had a discussion with and I'm sure some of you, especially the close friends of the main event, um, might have gotten this information as well. Um, recently, I was, uh, I was actually playing a little pool game on my, on my laptop computer and then I had gotten a message from uh, Antoine right mark anthony pantoja and the message is that he is going to be having i believe he's going to he's getting married now now i've i've known that he's been married for a while but i didn't i i he must have eloped or something because otherwise i mean um i think it was it was it was one year ago um my best friend hector hector Juarez. Uh, got married to Chrissy on Halloween. It'll be in 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 a couple of weeks or in one month. It will be one year. It will be the one year anniversary on Halloween, which will take place on a Monday. Uh, I know that for a plain fact. Um, so now Antoine is getting married, but uh, technically, technically he's already married. But I think he wants to get married in a church, which is the right call. And uh, the place that he selected is uh, well, it's very very good because it's just right there over on SBID in Castoris, and I've not, I've seen that church. I've never been into that church. No, actually, let me correct that. I think I've been in that church about a couple of times, but it's been a long, long time. You know, I've had a few friends that have gotten married over there, a few relatives that have gotten married in that church. So no doubt um, this will be the first time for me to head back there in many, many years. So, yes, uh, Mark Anthony Bantoja and his lovely bride, Valerie Ortiz, or... Or should I call her Pantoja? Should I, I, th- I think her, her last name should be Pantoja, right? You know, now that they're married and everything. So they're getting married. Uh, it's going to take place over... Uh, I don't have the information on me. But I think he's going to get married on October 15th, which is also the same time as Emo Night, right? But Emo Night's going to happen right around, like, I think, uh, 6 or... No, actually, I'm sorry. At 9 o'clock when the whole event starts. 
but no doubt there'll probably be some sort of a reception and everything, so I gotta be there for that. Uh, no doubt uh, myself and Jesse and Hector and um, a few others. I'm, I'm also curious, and, and I wanna go ahead and get this out of the way. I wanna go ahead and get this out of the way right now, right now, because, because if I'm heading into Antoine's wedding, I no doubt I'm not only going to see the close friends that you know we have and everything else like that, but I'm also going to be meeting some relatives I've not seen in a long, long time. There is one person I know that will not be there. Um, I, um, I, I, I really don't want to say, and I think Antoine knows who I'm talking about. Uh, no, it's not Stephanie. No, uh, although I would be curious if she would actually show up. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm, and just so that you know, I'm not going to bring Samantha. I'm not. No, I'm not, because she has her own thing going, and I'm not going to mess with that. But um, one person that I, you know, I, I really don't feel like mentioning it who it is. But let's just say Antoine doesn't want to see him at the wedding. But we'll we'll see. I'm not. I, I, like I said, I don't want to get into detail much about it. The only thing, all, all, all I could say is, please don't hate him for the rest of your life. Just don't. I do not care about what he is, what he's doing now, but always remember, well, you know, I'm, that's all I could say. But anyways, um. Uh, October October fifteenth is gonna happen around one thirty p.m. So I'll, I'll have plenty of time to um, get up and go get dressed and everything. And it, usually I'm already up uh, early in the morning on Saturday anyway, so I'll probably get myself dressed and get casually ready, you know, to go over there and stuff. So it'll be great to check out um, my best friend getting married, my other best friend getting married, Mark Anthony Pantoja, because I I have um, I've known Mark Anthony. I think I've mentioned this earlier on. Uh, because uh, you've heard the Southern Revival song that came on on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Um, I've known Antoine for many, many years. Uh, his dad and my dad had known each other many, many years. We grew up in the same neighborhood. He he grew up over in Nesbitt. I grew up in Nicholson. So we have that whole, you know, uh, 78415 connection. The zip code, if you will. And we grew up around the same people. Uh, I grew up around my friend Dwayne and Emilio. Uh, Antoine had grew up around, I think, Randy and Steve and Stephanie and uh, Samantha and everybody in, in that neighborhood as well. So, you know, we we all came from the same school. We all came from the same uh, the same background and everything. So, it's a big it's a big crazy connection. So it's going to be great to be at that wedding. I can't wait to be there. I'm sure everyone else that is hearing this right now will probably be at the wedding as well. Uh, no doubt members of the Southern Revival will be at the wedding as well. No doubt um, I'm curious about if any of his former members of the Mariachi Muertos will be there. I don't know if he will you know, have them come along, but we'll see. But nonetheless, um, it's going to be a great wedding. Cannot wait to be there. I was there for Hector's wedding about a year ago, and I cannot wait to be there for... Uh, Antoine's wedding for this one and big congratulations to Valerie and to Antoine even though they're married already he wants to make sure it's official in front of God's eyes and I can understand why so 
Can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be interesting to check out. I've already thought about what I was going to wear. I've, I've already, and also, also, you know this is going to happen. I did this a year ago, and I'll probably do it again. You know how when you have that reception, you know, you do the whole reception thing, and everybody gathers around, and, and they all want to speak about Antoine. I'm telling you this right now. I'm not saying a damn thing. I'm, I, I know, I know, I know, I know what's up people. Oh, what are you talking about? You're going to take the microphone. You're going to hog up the spotlight. Here's the thing. You got to let everyone else speak. I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking Hector should speak. I'm talking Jonathan should speak. Jesse should speak. Everybody should speak. Everybody should speak at the fucking wedding. Except me. Because I'm going to be left for last. You know why? I'm going to out-talk everybody. I promise you that right now. I'm going to out-talk. I will make it nice, good, nice and heartwarming and everything else like that. And then I mention nice. <laughs> you almost see that coming. But uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Uh, Saturday, October 15th, Antoine and Valerie's wedding. I cannot wait to be there for that. It's going to be great. Um, also... Let's see. We've let's see what what have we talked about on here? We've talked about. Oh, uh, uh, I think that's all we've talked about right there. Uh, yeah. So once again, I want to go ahead a bit. A big happy birthday shout outs to all, all the friends that I just mentioned right here. To Mateo, to the best drummer on the planet, John Luna, to Dom, to Stephanie McMahon. Hope all your uh, birthday wishes come true and everything else like that. And then, of course, uh, big congratulations go out to Valerie and to um, Antoine. Their wedding is going to happen on Saturday, October 15th. The main event is going to be there for that. I cannot wait to see how it goes. I'm just wondering who's going to be... Uh, no doubt the best man would probably be Gabriel. I mean, it would make sense considering that that's his brother and everything. Unless he chooses to have Hector be his best man, which I'll be like, hey, wait a minute, we need to talk here, you, you, you bastard. <laughs> but anyways, I can't wait. October 15th is going to be epic, not just emo night, uh, but Antoine and Valerie's wedding. It's going to be great. Cannot wait to check it out. It's going to be epic. You know, we talked about birthday shout-outs earlier. Um, we talked about John Luna, the best drummer on the planet, um, having a birthday and a few others. Um, you know what, the, uh, the, his birthday was on the October 24th, and, uh, what's interesting about that date, um, it, it's not just because it's John Luna's birthday, it's Stephanie McMahon's birthday, um, it's also, well, I think there's another person who has a birthday on there as well, but, uh, uh, on there is the 32nd anniversary of the release of an album entitled Rest in Peace. Not Rest in Peace, Rust in Peace. Um, the album was, of course, done by none other than Megadeth. Um, the album, this was definitely one of the most iconic albums in the history of, uh, of music. Um, I've been a huge fan of Megadeth for many, many years. Uh, I love all their albums from uh, Peace Cells, Bruce Bynes, So Far So Good, So What, Countdown to Extinction, uh, Cryptic Writings, Euthanasia, and, and so forth. But Rust in Peace is definitely the masterpiece. It's definitely one of their best albums ever uh, because of songs like Hangar 18 and songs like Holy Wars, The Punishment Due, um, uh, Five Magics, Tornado Souls, and many others. So, 
I was not a Megadeth fan at the time. I remember because uh, I started becoming a Megadeth fan, I think from the moment when Countdown to Extinction came out. But I think I started becoming a fan because of uh, because of Peace Sells but Who's Buying. See, I never listened to Megadeth until I obviously I've heard the name because I've seen it many many times before, but I've never really heard the song until until Peace Sells but Who's Buying. See, a while back, I had a friend of mine who had a video cassette, a video cassette tape, right? And I would play it on my VCR, and I would watch the Twisted Sister um, live show, right, for the album Stay Hungry. And then I saw all these other videos that came out. And then there, there was one that really got to me, and that was Megadeth's B-Cells, which was buying. And when I heard that song, it just sounded so fucking good. It's like, oh, man, this is, oh, fucking badass. So I was in love with Megadeth at that time. And then right around that time, I was getting my groove back in into metal. I was getting my groove back into metal because I... I had to step back because of a couple things because I'm, I'm a kid, you know. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know any better at the time. So, what does this have to do with Rust in Peace? Well, a while back, there was a video that was on sale, which was called Rusted Pieces, right? So, this video cassette contained several of Megadeth's videos at the time. Uh, all they had, as far as videos were were videos like Peace Sells But Is Buying, which was the very first video did, that they did. The other one was Wake Up Dead. The uh, second one was Anarchy in the UK. There is a second video called In My Darkest Hour, but <clears throat> I think they banned it. Uh, in the 80s, they banned that song many, many years ago because of the context, the fact that it talks about suicide. And I can kind of understand why. And then, of course, they released uh, they released uh, Rust in Peace. And then that's when I got a first glimpse of Holy Wars, Punishment Due, and Hangar 18. Which was the long version, because I, I had no idea that there was a short version. And there was. Um, I had saw the original video on the cassette, right? When they showed... Hangar 18, the second time, like on, I think it was, I don't think it was Headbangers Ball, but I saw this on VH1 Classics a while back, when when they did Metal Mania in, in there. And when I was watching the video, it was short, because I recognized the beginning of the intro, and then there was a part where, you know how Dave Mustaine goes into his guitar solo? Well, when he does that part, and then it goes to... Like that That was the part that I recognized But then there was this other part where Dave is about to get into his Guitar solo And then goes right to the next part Where it says Foreign life forms, inventories Tradigator, triogenic I think that's what I heard So I was like that. That's that's odd because I was so used to the longer. I guess when they mentioned it was a shorter version, that's what it was. So, yeah. Um, and also, oh, and at the very end of the video, where where you see Nick Mendes doing the whole drum, it goes straight straight to the end of the video, right? It what right to the end of it instead of. 
you know, Marty Freeman coming out doing his um, doing his solo, and that, and that was a completely different video from what I saw. Right, Hangar 18. So, yeah, you'll find you'll probably find it on YouTube if you see it. I doubt there's, I doubt you'll see any any Megadeth videos in any way possible on MTV because MTV Music Television is now a reality show. They should be called RTV. Reality TV. That's what the fuck it is. You can't call it MTV anymore because even though MTV has been out for many, many years, they've had over 20 years of fucking music. That's all I can say about that. But anyways, um, Rust in Peace was definitely the best album out of all of them. Uh, this was... If if And Justice for All was Megadeth's... Well, actually, Master of Puppets, I'm sorry. If Master of Puppets was Metallica's best album, if Rain and Blood was Slayer's best album, if Among the Living was the best album for Anthrax and Megadeth's Rust in Peace would definitely be in that limelight, you know? Definitely would be. And uh, going on the 32nd anniversary, and the fact that, you know, I hear that album... I see the video, I see it all, you know, it's amazing how much, uh, amazing how much that video has aged, and, and how that album has aged, and it's still a good album, I still love it, I still dig how it is, and um, you'll actually see the the commercial, I, th- I remember seeing the commercial on the, on television a long time ago, but you can actually see the commercial on the DVD, I actually bought the, one of the Megadeth DVDs, that had um, a two disc, which will have um, which will have those videos that I just talked about, Holy Wars and um, Hangar Eighteen. So um, that's it. I mean, Happy Anniversary goes out to uh, Megadeth's um, Rust in Peace. If you've never ever had a chance to listen to Rust in Peace from Megadeth, get an opportunity to listen to it while you can. Listen to Holy Wars, listen to Hangar 18, and also Megadeth has a new album out. Um, I forgot what the album is called, but I believe it was already released this week or last week. Get a chance to listen to it. Rust in Peace is one of the greatest albums. Happy 30, 32nd anniversary to Megadeth's Rust in Peace. Great album. <laughs>
That's right, Impact Wrestling presents Bound for Glory, their biggest event in all of professional wrestling that's going to take place on Friday, October the 7th. You heard me, ladies and gentlemen, Friday, October 7th, I was really hoping, and I could have swore it was on the 8th instead of, (sighs) okay, so... And this is the thing, and I'm uh, since we're uh, we haven't had a chance to talk much about wrestling right now, but we're gonna go ahead and get it out of the way right now. So, <clears throat> Bound for Glory's pay per view is coming up on October the seventh, which is gonna take place on a Friday, right? Which I think completely sucks because let me let me go ahead and get this out of the way, <clears throat> and and then let me see if I can. Let me pull this up real quick because I think I saw this. Yes, October 7th. Yeah, here's the sad part about that. On October 7th, there's going to be another event that's going to happen, okay? Now, the other event, which unfortunately is going to be a lot bigger than Bound for Glory, I'm sorry, is SmackDown because they're going to be having their season premiere on that same day. And and that's kind of bad for Impact Wrestling, and and and, and let me explain. Let me explain how this whole concept goes because we're we're tying into the transition of Impact Wrestling here. So you got SmackDown that's going to take place on October seventh, the season premiere. You got Bound for Glory that's going to take place on October seventh, uh, October seventh. And if that's if that's not bad enough, you've got. AEW's Rampage on the 5th as well. On the 7th as well. So, uh, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, where the fuck do we begin? Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's go ahead and um, we know what's going to take place. And as a matter of fact, let's get some of the matches that are going to take place at Bound for Glory. And so far from the looks of it, because we're getting closer and closer to it. As a matter of fact, I believe Bound for Glory is going to take place in two weeks, so we got to get ready for it. Uh, let's see. It's uh, here. There are six matches that are going to take place at Bound for Glory, and no doubt there'll probably be uh, probably be probably be some surprises that are going to take place over there. For the Impact Wrestling World Championship, Josh Alexander, you just heard on the commercial, will be defending his championship against Eddie Edwards. Jordan Grace will be defending her Knockouts World Championship against Masha Masha Slamovich. Ah, okay, and I know who that is, by the way. Let's just say she's some sort of a, a she's a punk rock girl with big muscles. That's all I can tell you. Okay, for the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships. It's going to be Honor No More, the champions, to be defending the titles against the former champions, the Motor City Machine Guns. Also, for the Impact's X Division Championship, 
Mike Bailey will be defending his championship against a former X-Division champion. And also, I think he's a current AEW star, Frankie Kazarian. That's going to happen. Uh, career-threatening match. Mia Yim versus Mickey James. And it says here, if Mickey James loses, she will retire from in-ring competition. And this is kind of similar to Ric Flair. Remember years ago when Ric Flair um, was given an ultimatum by Vince McMahon that the, the next time he loses a match, his career will be over. This is kind of what similar it is to Mickey James here. So that's going to be interesting. And also for the NXT, I'm sorry, for the tag, uh, tag team match for the Impact Knockouts World Championship, it's going to be Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo, VXT, taking on Jessica and Taya Valkyrie with Rosemary in their corner. So, let's see here. So, so far, these are the six matches that are going to take place at Bound for Glory. And no doubt, there will probably, uh, probably be a couple more matches added on this show. Um, but... <laughs> It's like I already, I already know exactly what I have to do now, okay? I already know exactly what I have to do. And this is a plan, and I'm going to let you in on what this plan is. Now, I am going to check out Bound for Glory, but I'm also at the same time going to check out SmackDown. Let me explain why. Here's how it's going to work. I have two television sets. I got one in my room and one in the kitchen. Now, in the kitchen... I'm going to watch Impact's Bound for Glory. I'm going to watch that. And also at the same time, I'm going to have SmackDown in the other room, you know, just to keep up what's going on, okay? And it's going to be tough. It's going to be extremely tough, but it's okay. I know what I have to do, okay? I would record it, but I can't because, number one, I know how, and number two, we'll get cut off if it happens. But anyways... <laughs> That's what's going to take place at uh, Bound for Glory on October 7th on Friday. I wish it was on a Saturday, you know. That way it would have saved us all the fucking trouble. Okay. Now, speaking of Impact Wrestling, they had an event that took place. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me see if we can pull this up real quick. They had an event that took place this past Friday. And let me see if I can go ahead and pull this up. No, that's not it. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm trying to pull up, um... Let's see, we just added that on there. No, I don't want that. Impact Wrestling just had an event called Victory Road, and we want to go ahead and get that out of the way. Now, I managed to see some of this event. I didn't see all of it. Um, I, uh, was watching... At, and it was on a Friday as well, believe it or not. Um... This was uh, an interesting event. Let me see how many matches they had. They had a total of nine matches that happened. Uh, two that took place on the countdown show, which I missed. Because I was over at the store trying to take care of some stuff. But anyways, here were the matches that took place over at the Victory Road pay-per-view for this past Friday. Okay, so you had a six-man tag team matchup. Uh, the Bullet Club of Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Juice Robinson. Defeated, defeated Jack Price, Jason Hutch, and Shogun. Singles match, let's see. Tasha Steeles defeated Killer Kelly, 
via disqualification. Mike Bailey defeated Delirious, and I remember seeing part of that match. Uh, that was a very. This is the very beginning of the um, of the Victory Road show. The other two were merely uh, part of the Countdown show. So let's see here. Mike Bailey defeated Delirious, a former Ring of Honor star, uh, via pinfall. The Motor City Machine Guns defeated Honor No More. Honor No More's uh, PCO and Vincent. So that means that they're going to take on Honor No More again at um, at Bound for Glory. And that's going to be for the tag team titles. That's going to be Mike Bennett and um, Mike Tate, Matt Taven. So that's going to be interesting to check out. <clears throat> Mickey James defeated, uh, and I'm and I'm very bad with pronouncing this name here. Chelsea, G I S E L E, Chelsea Shaw, right? Okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, uh, let's see. Inner. This is interesting right here, and I was one wondering about this. The inter. Intergender uh, triple threat revolver to determine the number one contender to the X Division Championship. And that would be, let's see, Frankie Kazarian defeated Alex Zane, Black Taurus, Kenny King, Laredo Kid, Mia Yim, and Trey Miguel, and you, yeah, you, whatever the fuck his name is. I think I know who it is, but I'm not too worried about it. But anyways, uh, six-man tag team matchup. Honor No More's Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett defeated Heath, Josh Alexander, and Rich Swan. That was a six-man tag. Uh, pick your poison match. Uh, Maria. Let's see. Pick your poison. It says Maria Schaefer. Handicap Jordan Grace opponent. Interesting. Jordan Grace defeated um, uh, Max D. Impaler. And if anyone has ever seen Max D. Impaler, um, this is the same woman that took on uh, Camille for the NWA Women's World Championship. She's basically like a... How do I, how do I describe her? She's like... Uh, for those of you that know who... Awesome Kong is, she she kind of is in that that leak. Like she's a real big woman that looked like she could tear your head off, and she she makes it, it, it's like this. She could probably kill Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees just like that if she could, if she could. <laughs> but that's just my opinion of her. And of course, the last match of the night. Uh, this was a triple threat match. This was a, a three-way barbed wire massacre that featured Moose, Sammy Callahan, and Steve Malik. And and the winner was Steve Malik. I actually saw this match at the very end of the show. Um, <laughs> um, Sammy Callahan was coming out looking like Cactus Jack. He had the flannel. He had the shirt. He had, you know, he had everything, you know, that's who he is, Sammy Callahan. Moose was Moose, that's all I could say. And I think fans, you know, when the fuck is Moose going to leave Impact Wrestling and head over to AEW or WWE? I don't think he understands how big of a talent, how massive of a talent 
he really can possibly be. But we shall see how all this rolls out. But nonetheless, those are the results of um, of Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. Um, uh, these are the results of the matches that took place at Victory Road, which took place this past Friday. So that's out of the way. So that means that Bound for Glory is going to be happening live on Friday, October 7th, which I still don't understand why. I wish it was on a fucking Saturday. That way I would have a reason to watch some wrestling on Saturday, on October. But yeah, that's all that's, all that's going to take place there. So, Victory Road is done and Bound for Glory is coming up. Impact Wrestling and no doubt get a chance to check out Impact Wrestling on Thursday as you can for all the latest results. And, you know, check out Impact Wrestling on Wednesdays on Access to see, you know, what takes place on there. Still a two-hour show. Uh, still happens around 7 o'clock, ends around 9 Great show. Uh, I've seen some of it from time to time, not a whole lot, you know, but I would see a little bit of it, you know, just to see how interesting it is. And it does get a little bit interesting. It really does. So get a chance to check out Bomb for Glory as it happens live Saturday, October 7th, only on pay-per-view. With that said, here's a report. Chris Jericho, Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor title. Great match. Man, they work their buttocks off. And, uh, Jericho's what, 51, 52? Yeah, Bro, this guy's like working like he's in his, his late 30s, early 40s. This well, dude's doing suplexes off the apron to the floor. He's doing Frankensteiners off the top. He's taking Ricola bombs, which I'd never take. Maybe he shouldn't do all of that, though, because by the time the end of that match was over, he was a little bit slower than Claudio was, and I'm not trying to throw any shade at Chris Jericho wow. at all, but that man, that man was tired, but... You look at the condition he's in compared to what he was, you know, I don't know what it was, six months, a year ago. He's a completely new man. So you've got to give it to him. He and he's the champion of the world of Ring of Honor now. He is. He's got some honor. With that back elbow. This he was, is no honor. This match had impossible heat. Like, I think this was the most heated thing on the show, except for when the acclaimed actually won the belts. Top to bottom, start to finish. I mean, if you're going to watch one thing on the show... Watch the whole show. But make sure you check this one out as well. We had the acclaimed against Swerve in Our Glory. And uh, I'll just say it first, get it out of the way. I knew they were not going to be able to top the pay-per-view. And when you really think about it, I think they should have called an audible at the pay-per-view. And they could have done the rematch here, and they beat him again. It's not going to hurt, especially because Swerve in Our Glory is almost for sure going to break up. I mean, they, they tease it forever. And then when everything happened with the Hardys and they won the belts, they backed off of it. They made mention of it in commentary again. I think they're breaking up. So, dude, the acclaim could have got that huge win at the pay-per-view. Have Swerve in our glory. Damn it. We want... We're going to beat... We're going to win our belts back in your hometown. Claim beats him a second time. You get the acclaimed over even bigger. It wouldn't have hurt because you couldn't capture... It was... What do they call it? Magic in a bottle? Yeah. You couldn't capture it again. But they had a good match. It was a little clunky here and there, but overall good. Billy Gunn, who was the most over guy, I think of anybody at All Out, he got to hit the fame asser, and he made he made old Swerve fame ass. Threw him in the ring. They hit their finish and pinned him. The place just erupted. It was uh, It was great. There was a line, I can't remember the exact line by, uh, 
Pike's caliber, but they uh, they did the scissor me daddy ass, and then they went for the big move. And I forget the word he used, but uh, Excalibur immediately said something like, "They erupted." I was like, "There's no way you that was an accident." They're teasing FTR, and they claimed, although the Gun Club showed up first, and uh, it's one of those things where, like, you know, say whatever you want about FTR, but you know they're not like superstar Billy Graham. And uh, he, and <laughs> well, you gotta. How are you gonna unpack this one here? Well, the Gun Club showed up, and their big argument was, "You guys have no charisma." And we're fountains of charisma. And literally, there was nothing in here that gave any evidence otherwise. Acclaim just, I mean, FTR just looks at them, uh, and away they go. So that, that appears to be next. We had a Wheeler Yuta segment with MJF that led to a Ouch. brawl. Ouch. What? <laughs> just because, I don't know if FTR's got no charisma. It's just when you're standing there with the guns, I mean... I mean, look at their father, for heaven's sakes. Not everybody can have, you know, just a ridiculous, overflowing amount of charisma, for heaven's sakes. Look at Keith Lee standing next to Swerve. Swerve can suck all the air out of the room if he wanted to. Listen, FTR are unbelievably fantastic tag team wrestlers. But uh, Andrew here, who I think was being sarcastic about 97, but I'm, I'm holding him to it. He <laughs> says, they got geeked by the ass boys. Oh. And if you watch the segment, there's no way to watch the segment and not go, they got geeked by the ass boys. Am I wrong? Well, I'm not wrong. You're probably not wrong, but not good for the ass boys, because once you get in there, your charisma can't do anything if somebody's got your leg behind your ear and choking you out at the same time. So You know uh, about that. You remember when uh, they were in Buffalo or whatever last week, and MGF was super over, and I said they're in New York, and I was like, oh, uh, it may as well be us! Six six continents away from Long Island. Well, here they are in New York still, and MGF is over like a god, and he's doing everything in his power to get booed, and somehow he finally got booed there at the end. Gets, gets in a brawl with Wheeler Yuta, and they get separated and everything like that. But uh, let's just see what happens when they're not in the state of New York. Granted, he's probably going to still be over, but once they get out of the state of New York, let's find out if New York is, in fact, New York, or if some of New York doesn't count as New York. Well, I mean, come on now. Crying out loud, Drew McIntyre did a show in, in Wales, and they said he was a hometown guy. Doesn't make it right, okay? And look, this is just going to be something they have to deal with everywhere with MJF. It's going to be on him to turn the crowd against him because no matter where he goes, I don't care if it's in Yonkers, I don't care if it's in Yakima, Washington, it doesn't matter. You're probably right. You're he's probably right. But so let's find out when they along. go to North Carolina what kind of response this guy gets. Maybe it'll be different. And if it is, I'm really going to go off. Diamante. Poor Diamante. So, uh... Well, she's got Tasha. I guess it's not that bad, but... So they do a segment with Diamante. And uh, I'm sure that many of our listeners here know who Trina, the rapper, is. Okay? But uh, there are a lot of older... Folks, watching don't, this no, show. no, don't no, there do are, it. there are. No, you are the same age as I do. Hey, Dom, during the next break, make sure right? that you have the slip Stop. and slide all stars on there, okay? Listen to me. Take it to the house. There's a lot of boomers watching this show. And when they do a segment backstage, and Diamante reveals 
<laughs> the original OG from the one whatever. 305. 305. <laughs> and she turns, and there's a woman there, and she goes, Trina. And that was it. I was like, this is going to be an interesting oh. segment. Because there's going to be there's going to be a portion of the audience that are marking out, and then there's going to be a segment of the audience that are like, who in God's name is Trina? <laughs> and by the way, uh, you're going to hear more about Trina on Friday, but I can't say any more. Mm -hmm. Pac beat Orange Cassidy. It's all right. It wasn't a great match, but they worked hard, and old Orange got his bell rung by the ring bell hammer. He got his pulp squeezed out, pinned. I liked it, but, you know, it was not as good as the first one they had together that everyone was blown away by. Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Serena Deeb, Athena. Tony Storm retained the title in this four-way. Britt Baker's nose got smashed. She deserved it for having the temerity to be featured on television. Simp. And get a big push while doing nothing but jobs. Mike Simpervivi, that's going to be my new gimmick. You should simp for simp a little bit more. Not happening. Especially when it comes to my bank Not account. Not happening. Maybe if you, maybe, you know what? Your 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 tire got popped today. Maybe mm -hmm. if you're actual, like, uh, I'm not even going to say. You know, I if, if I was not that was doing too much this show, me. then it wouldn't have got popped. That's the whole thing. John Moxie and Brian Danielson was the main event. And uh, you could tell they were a little bit rushed, especially at the end when they were, like, off the air in an instant. But uh, I've said it before. Moxley, Danielson, Jericho. These three men are like, we're just going to go out and we're going to come up with a couple of spots and we're just going to call the rest of them in the ring and beat the absolute piss out of each other. And that's what they did here. And uh, this finish where Moxley catches him in a choke. You know, this John Moxley... This John Moxley was there when I faced Filthy Tom Lawler in that mixed tag. Yes. And I can't help but notice a lot of things I've been seeing lately from him. The chops. The fact that he put on, he put on a rear naked choke, much like I did. And exactly like Tom did. Brian Danielson had a backward roll, or a uh, filthy backward roll his way out. Danielson also, but since Moxley had watched my match, he knew. Oh, listen to this. He knew that when that guy backward rolls out, you got to go with him. And he yeah, did. Guy, guy with bad technique he here. He got his Talking about somebody else. Are you? I hope your other tire gets popped. But anyway, he held on like I should have, and he flattened him out. He choked him unconscious, and he won. And you know what? I felt a little personal satisfaction. But anyway, he's a new champion. He is now a four-time champion, although it was made clear. But it's weird, because AW... Here's, here's the thing, everybody. When he came out, they listed him as a three-time champion. But he's only a two-time champion. Unless you count the interim championship as a championship. So when he won, he should be... A four-time champion, but he's actually a three-time champion, even though he was a three-time... So, what am I getting at? Well, when AEW says that John Moxley is a three-time champion, what they mean is, two-time AEW, one-time, 
WWE. They're not counting the interim, okay? So by winning the title, he is now a three-time AEW champion. Right? Yes. I got this wrong? Yes. Yeah, three. Well, yes, you do, two. Well, with the interim, then it's three. Two. No, hold on a second. They said he was a three-time champion coming out last night. Uh-huh. Uh, coming out to the ring. What is this? Yeah, the WWE. So he was a two-time AEW and one-time WWE. Right? So now he's a three-time. Yeah, he's now a three-time AEW champion. You screwed me up, you idiot. He's a three-time AEW champion and a one-time WWE champion. Okay? I hate you, Dom. You're horrible at your job. But the point is, my point is, they have done graphics where they listed him as a three-time AEW champion before he won. So this needs to be clear with the people doing graphics as well. The social media team. Yeah. Is that the outro music, Dom? Should I be wrapping this up or are you just mocking me? You're an idiot. Back in a moment, Observer Live. So as the Wrestling Observer Live was talking about, they pretty much mentioned some of the results that took place over at the Grand Slam event. Now, that was just the first part of the Grand Slam. We're going to talk about uh, Grand Slam 2. There was another one that took place at Rampage, a two-hour event uh, that happened. But before we talk about that and before we get to that next part, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I think they mentioned this, I don't think they have... And I know some people are going to want to know my my thoughts on this right away. Is the appearance of a former WWE superstar? You know who you know who she is quite well. She appeared at the show that took place on uh, on the twenty first, uh, the Grand Slam event. And I'm talking about none other than former. WWE Superstar Page, now known as Soraya, right here on AEW. And I know some, some of you guys probably want to know my opinion on it. Before we talk about it, let's get to that grand entrance, if you will, from Soraya. So I'm going to go ahead and play it for you, and I'm going to get you guys' reaction in just a moment, and then you'll know what I, uh, my thoughts on it in a minute. With the glove and Tony Storm flat in the center of the ring. She's going to send a message to the champion here.
here and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, Tony Storm and Athena stunned as well. Everyone's shocked. What a moment that we will, and those ladies will, never forget. Well, in my professional opinion, the landscape and the women's roster here at AEW just changed, boys. Mariah just said, this is my house. Talking about the ring, she invited them all in, but nobody flinched. The landscape has changed and changed significantly with the arrival of Soraya. She can go, Soraya can flat out go, man. Amazing that she is here in AEW. What a moment here tonight on Dynamite Grand Slam. Well, that was the um, the surprise appearance of the artist formerly known as Paige, now Soraya. Um, let me let me let me first start off um, what I saw in the match. Um, there was the before her arrival and everything. There was the match with um, what, what was it? It was uh, Tony Storm, who was the interim. Let's keep in mind, interim women's world champion. Uh, alongside, uh, along uh, in this match, uh, the, Athena was involved. Doctor Britt Baker was involved, and Serena Deeb was also involved. Um, the match ended with Tony Storm walking away with the championship, and then all of a sudden, Jamie Hader were to show up. And let me tell you something, boy, they re- they really messed up. They really messed up, and I'm not saying that this moment was uh, was great. I'm, you know, I'm talking about the whole thing with Soraya, but it's just that they had a moment. They had a moment to go ahead and find a way to separate both Jamie Hader and Britt Baker, because I don't think they understand what they had in in Jamie Hader. I don't. I don't think they really understand that, because I think. And and let me also just mention this because. I think this is true, and I think I, I think it would have happened if it was done correctly. Now, had Soraya come on a pay-per-view, well, she came on Grand Slam, so that would probably count as well, but had she come on pay-per-view, I think it would have been a whole lot better. It would have been much, much better, but, you know, be- because the reason why I say that is... I think we would have saw finally the disintegration of what would take place between uh, between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter. And Jamie Hayter would have finally had stepped away from Britt Baker and finally would have gone on her own. And who knows, she would have been women's world champion. But now all of a sudden they paired her right back off with her and it's back to the same old BS. And now Britt Baker, and let's be honest, more fans are disappointed. I mean, this is this is kind of like the whole thing with. Um, uh, I think Jim Cornette made a reference to this a while back, where Tomko, who used to be a former WWE superstar and then came into Impact Wrestling, and would have been a bigger star in Impact Wrestling, had had they gone through and pulled the trigger because the fans would have loved to have been behind Tomko, but thanks to Vince Russo and this was his idea, where. Tomko had the world in the palm of his hands, and then he basically went back into being a heel, you know, and this is ridiculous. So now Jamie Hayter is starting to feel that because she's all, she was, like I said, she was getting closer and closer to becoming a baby face, and all of a sudden she goes back into being a fucking heel. But 
We'll never know. We'll never know. But now as far as Soraya, as far as Paige coming in goes, now it leads to question. Is she going to compete? Is it going to happen? Now, for those that have followed Paige's career, you know that she had been a part of NXT for quite a while. Uh, she won the she was the first woman to win the NXT championship over there. She won the Divas Championship uh, in WWE, and she had uh, made off and on appearances in WWE. And then her last appearance, um, she came back to the ring, and she I think I remember she suffered an injury, a neck injury, which uh, caused her career to stop. Took place in two thousand. 17, I believe, and it's been five years. It's been five years since Paige has been in the ring. Uh, and last time we saw her in any position at all, she appeared uh, with um, the Kabuki Warriors to win the tag team titles. And she also appeared in the WWE backstage on FS1. And those were the last appearances that we saw of Paige. Speculation has been running rampant as to whether or not she would ever appear in AEW. And my, my thought was, I'm hoping she doesn't. I'm hoping she doesn't. My, my deal is, if she comes to AEW, and, I, and, and, I, and I'll tell you this straight up, what I was thinking a couple of weeks back. If, a, if AEW brings in Paige, brings in Soraya, the first thing in my head would be, can she compete? Can she compete is the question. That's the, that's the biggest part. But also the even bigger part, I don't think I don't think she'll be I think she can compete no problem. But the biggest problem would be the status of her neck. Now let's think about this. I mean, you you have to think of some of the superstars that have had severe neck injuries over the years. Uh, one person that comes to mind would be uh, Edge, or actually Brian Danielson to be exact. Let's start with him first, because Brian Danielson had to retire in 2015, right, which ended his career, and then two years later, Brian Danielson finally got the call, finally got the the note to come back into the ring. Now, my first thought was, I'm hoping that Brian Danielson just competes one time and gets back to being a general manager, right? That was my thought. But he went on. He continued to wrestle in the WWE. And then after that, you know, he, you know, he wrestled for a while. His last match was with Roman Reigns. Then he made his appearance over in AEW, and he had wrestled... He had wrestled many matches since then. So he's a prime example of, I, I guess, the neck injury, I guess, took a toll on him. He was out for a while. He came back. I guess he got the medical clearance and everything. So now Brian Danielson is competing in AEW. Now, another example is Edge. Edge, who also competed with a broken neck, a, a, a neck injury was forced to retire in 2011, had came back almost nine years, almost nine years, and never losing a step. Now, the only thing is that Edge 
is only competing in certain times. The WWE doesn't want to take it, uh, take any sort of big chances with Edge because they want to make sure that, <coughs> number one, he's healthy enough to compete. Number two, that they don't you know do any damage to his neck at all. And number three, if he can still go, and if he can, okay, well, that'll be good. Now, for Soraya, for Paige, she's going to fall into that same category. But she's going she's gonna to end up, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not saying she's going to end up crippled for the rest of her life. I don't think that's going to happen just yet. But now that she's in AEW, now that leads to the question, I mean, what in the world... What in the world had happened? And why didn't, why didn't they stop? Why, why didn't they stop Paige from bringing her into the WWE? It's hard to explain, and I really don't know. I mean, you also have to keep in mind, she was released from the WWE at the time when Vince McMahon was still in charge. So Vince McMahon probably didn't see much of her. In any way possible, you know, so there was really nothing to talk about there. And I think if if Triple H was still there, he probably would have brought brought in Paige immediately, right? Probably would have signed her to another contract. But I bet you anything. I bet you anything. This is just my opinion. I bet you anything. Paige didn't want anything to do with the WWE. I bet you. I bet you that. I bet you that she didn't want anything to do with the WWE, and she wanted to go explore her options. You know, because she was always in WWE. She had wrestled in several other places around the continent, but she had never, she had always stopped in WWE. She'd never been to Impact Wrestling. She's never been to Ring of Honor, but now she's going in to New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, no, New Japan Pro Wrestling. AEW, right? So now we're going to find out exactly the comments from Soraya. Find out what her deal is in AEW. Find out if she'll be able to compete. And here's the smart thing. And I'm hoping that AEW is smart enough to do this. I don't think they're smart enough to do this, but let's let's make this happen. How about if Soraya does compete? If Soraya competes at AEW, here's what you do. You put her in a feud against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and you put the feud at full gear. This is this is the plan. This is the idea. You give her a match at a pay-per-view event with the world watching, wanting to order this pay-per-view to see Soraya in the ring for the first time against Britt Baker, one of their best. That is how it should be done. Now, <clears throat> if you try to compete her... <coughs> my apologies. If, if you try to let her compete... On Dynamite or Rampage, you lost it. You lost it. You lost it completely. Because look, listen. Someone of Soraya's caliber, someone who was a former champion, someone who has a well-recognized name all over the world, you want her to compete on pay-per-view. You want the eyes of the wrestling world to focus on you. And you want her to wrestle on pay-per-view. You want her first match to be on pay-per-view. You don't want it on television. I mean, look, come on. She's a big name. She's a very big name in the WWE. She's a very big name all over the world. 
You cannot just put her on dynamite just like that. Maybe after the pay-per-view, that's fine. But you've got to get this woman to wrestle on full gear and get Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, to be the first opponent. Let that happen. Let that sink in. But here's the thing. While I'm a guy that comes up with creative ideas and know exactly how it should be done, Tony Khan will probably place her in a match on Dynamite probably a couple of weeks before Full Gear. You almost see that coming. You almost see that coming. The thing is, like I said before, let's be smart about this, okay? Put Soraya in a match with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Make it a dream match. Make it a dream match and let the first pay-per-view go to Soraya. Dr. Britt Baker doesn't really have... I mean, I mean, look, listen. There, and I don't have anything against Dr. Britt Baker. I think she's a great talent. But she doesn't have to win all the time. Let her just lose for this one time. And then let the feud escalate even further. Just like that. Let, let it happen like that. Look. I know Tony Khan is not gonna, not gonna do anything I say because I'm probably you know I'm a mark like everyone else is, but I'm also, a, I'm also a smart individual that understands how this business is supposed to run. And when you got a big star like Soraya in your hands, you want to put her on pay per view. You want to get people to buy the pay per view. Look, listen, we're in September, going in October, about to head into November, and the thing is, you've got to get her. You've got to get her on pay-per-view. Give her a couple of weeks of promos. Get, get her to go face-to-face with Dr. Britt Baker. Get her to do a couple of interviews with JR. And then have the match happen. Get her some training. Do some videos. Get her ready for the event. And then that's it. I mean, treat her like you would, like you would CM Punk. Treat her like you would CM Punk. That's how it should be. But... We'll see what happens. We'll see. I can't wait to see what uh, Soraya has to say uh, this coming Wednesday on um, Dynamite. And hopefully on, this ep- on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, we will find out what Soraya is doing. And you'll all hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Soraya is back in professional wrestling, and she has arrived in AEW. We've got other news to get into here today. Go to the well. And I don't really, uh, I don't really care, okay? I don't really care. About the news? No, there's what I'm about to mention here today. Oh. I don't really care, but it is funny that, like, this just never ends. So, they've already announced, they've already announced that on November 26th in Survivor Series, we're having two War Games matches. Again, I don't care, but it is funny, it's like... You know, in the old days, there would be a reason for war games. You'd have factions that they just absolutely, there was no way to settle this issue except to put them in war games. And WWE's been doing this for years, you know. Oh, it's Hell in a Cell month. What random feud can we put in the cell for fun? It doesn't matter, but yes, they're doing war games. And at this point, the idea is it'll be uh, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for the men, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for the women. And, uh... Wait, no, it's not. It's actually going to be anti that. I thought Triple H did an interview saying that it was going to be more storyline-driven and actually not that way. People are going to be involved, but not necessarily a team-versus-team thing. Well, I guess we'll see now, won't we? Well, then if that's the... Well, I mean, I guess we will see now, won't we? But 
if they're bringing it back, look, last year it sucked. The Survivor Series doesn't mean what it used to mean. And for one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons why is because of the reason that you mentioned. Things are not building towards that. You know, just doing Raw versus SmackDown or just doing a bunch of stuff doesn't mean anything. And I know, look, I know by putting it on Survivor Series that you make it now a gimmick thing. But, you know, those matches being five on five, I like that. I like having storylines built into that cage match. So I'm for this. And I, I obviously now it doesn't mean anything. Next year it may mean a little bit more if they continue on the path and they interweave stories between, you know, the whenever in, in Survivor Series. I mean, to, uh, to me, the bloodline all in a row with Sami Zayn there, with Roman Reigns against a group that features whoever it's going to be, along with maybe that's the time you call up Carmelo because he's had this thing going on. You can actually interweave brands into that and actually have stories that make sense. Same thing with the women. And yes, you do artificially do that, but we do that all the time anyway with you know, the ladder matches, Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view. I mean, you book yourself. They, that's what they do to market these things. So if you're going to book yourself into a corner that way, if they are going back to the five-on-five -five method for at least most of these matches and actually making it somewhat storyline related, I'm all for it. Listen, everyone, I don't, I don't care what Hunter said, okay? Listen, when the day comes, we'll find out what the match is. But you know what else he said besides it wasn't going to be Raw versus SmackDown? He also said it was going to be storyline driven, which it's not because we already know there's going to be a war games and now they're creating stuff to lead to war games. So storyline driven means you do the storylines and then you announce the match because it plays into the storylines, not you announce the match and then you make up storylines for it. That's every match. There's no right. match that's not like that in WWE. You're right, but I mean, this is like having Slammiversary with the all cage matches. Unfortunately, this is the era that we're in where... This is going to be January. This will be March. This will be whatever it is. And again, this is, look, that was the whole problem with CM Punk. It always goes back to that CM Punk Ryback situation that they got themselves in trouble with, with Hell in a Cell. To me, I would want to give myself more dexterity than to do that sort of thing. But because of marketing and things that have nothing to do with pro wrestling, sales, marketing, merchandise, all that sort of stuff, that's why they do it. So the only thing that I can ask for in that case is at least make it a storyline worth leading into that. And if that's McIntyre and a bunch of people, however this is going to work, because uh, I would assume it's the bloodline, because otherwise, why would you be doing this? I mean, honestly, what else do you have that's going to fit inside of War Games right now that doesn't have Roman Reigns' name on it? So I want to talk a little bit more about that, uh, what you just heard a moment ago, about War Games taking place over Survivor Series. Uh, Survivor Series is going to be interesting because the event's going to take place on the 26th of November. And that's also going to be at the same time when uh, Judas Priest and Queens Reich are going to be playing over at Concrete Street, which we will talk about that uh, some other time when we can. But Survivor Series is going to have war games for the first time. Now, it's not the first time war games has appeared in WWE TV. But it has appeared in NXT TV. Uh, when they reintroduced War Games, I remember when I first saw it. And it came out, um, it was at a takeover. It was um, the War Games, War Games which featured the Undisputed Era. 
um, they had several war games. I think it was 2017 or 18 when it was first reintroduced. The war games match that you see is much different from the one that you see over in AEW. It's more of a traditional war games match that you see, right? Now, when this cage that WWE has, it's uh, basically two rings enclosed in a steel cage with one difference. And the difference is there's no top, right? No top at all. So my thought about that was the fact that when I first saw that, uh, I remember um, when War Games... Back in uh, back in the NWA days, when they had war games, the cage which was much different, much much different. It was a bit smaller at that time. It was a bit smaller, and plus, you really couldn't perform any moves at all inside the cage. I remember a while back when Sid Vicious had tried to do something like that, right? He tried to do a power bomb on Brian Pillman, and I remember just all of a sudden, like as soon as he hit the power bomb, I guess Brian Brian Pillman got caught right on on top of the cage, and then right as that was taking place, all of a sudden I saw Vicious pulling a um, I guess what would be a uh, let's see power it was a power bomb. But what happened was Brian Pillman's head had basically, or his neck, if you will, had sort of went to, what you call it, like right to the mat. You know, that's how I remember. Because the War Games cage at the top was so low, you couldn't lift the person all the way up and then drop them down on their back like you usually do, right? In this case, it was so low, Vicious was six foot He's like almost six, seven feet tall, right? And the cage is probably eight feet tall, maybe nine feet tall, depending. And you couldn't do anything. You couldn't. You couldn't perform any powerbomb moves of any kind because somebody could get hurt, right? So now they went ahead and did away with the whole cage thing to become different than what the original War Games was, right? So the top rope or the top cage was um, was taken off and it was given wrestlers a chance to do high-risk maneuvers on top of the cage. Now, the thing I liked about that was that you cannot get out of the cage at all. You cannot get out of the cage at all because if you do, then your team is disqualified and you're out of war games, Right? Which I thought was stupid, but I think it kind of makes sense when I think about it. You know, how it goes. In, a, in an original War Games match, you would have to... You didn't have to... You didn't go outside. Which is also one of the good things about it. Because, like, like at Hell in a Cell... Let me bring this up. At Hell in a Cell, you know how when you go into a Hell in a Cell match... And all of a sudden... The door opens and you go straight to the top of the fucking cage, right? How many times have that happened? Too many times to think about. Too many fucking times to think about. So in war games, the war games that they have over there, 
the war games that they have over in AEW, I think what was the last one? What was the last one they had? Um, it was the... Um, when was Blood and Guts? In, Ju- in June. There we go. Blood and Guts was in June, right? And I remember them being on top of the cage, right? And I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. You know, and I, I'm not I'm not talking about the actual war games itself. You know how when you go to Hell in a Cell and you see people basically fighting inside the cage and then they go on top of the fucking cage to make it more spectacular? I mean, that's kind of what I see in this war games match. Now, if the WWE chooses not to do war games without the cage, that's fine. I'm okay with it. As long as nobody climbs on top of that fucking cage. Because quite frankly, I'm tired of that. But War Games and Survivor Series. I got to admit, it, it's, it looks good. I like how it is. And the only thing I'm hoping that will happen is that uh, they're not going to do, and I think they mentioned this, that they're not going to do tra- traditional Raw versus SmackDown. Which I'm, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because I'm already getting tired of seeing how war, you know, every time when you have a Survivor Series event, it always has to be about Raw, SmackDown, and no NXT. I think what they should do now, now that they've basically put it right back to what it is, back to basics in Survivor Series, what they need to do, they still should do a Raw versus SmackDown match. They should. But here's what I'm, here's what I'm suggesting. You know what you do? You take five individuals from Raw. Take five individuals from SmackDown. Now... There has never been a goal. There has never been any sort of goal of any kind for Survivor Series. Here's what you do in this, in this case. I mentioned earlier about putting Soraya against Dr. Britt Baker at, all, at, uh, at full gear, right? At full gear on pay-per-view, right? Do that. Now, for Survivor Series, you get a team of five from SmackDown. And a team of five... Actually, let me correct that. How about a team of five on SmackDown, a team of four, of four on SmackDown, and a team of four on Raw, and get an extra man from NXT, right? Get someone from NXT to represent Raw, and someone from NXT to represent SmackDown, right? Now, this is what I'm... This Hear me out. Hear me out. Now... The thing that I think should happen is the winning team will obviously win for Raw or SmackDown. Now, these same five individuals that won, say they win Survivor Series, you place those same individuals again, but they will take on, they will take Spots number 24, 24, 25, 26, 27. No, I'm sorry. 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. They'll take those five spots, right? Those five spots in the Royal Rumble. Just just think about that for a moment. Just think about that for a moment. They will not be able to win title shots of any kind, but they can take those five spots in the Royal Rumble. And I, and I would leave 30 alone for somebody else. I would leave 30 alone for somebody else. Now, 
if. Well, actually, actually, you know what? Take 26 through 30. Yeah. Have them go at it in a, in a battle royal, right? Eliminate each other, and the last person standing will take the last spot. Like, in other words, say you've got five individuals, right, in a battle royal. The first person gets eliminated, takes 26. The next person gets eliminated, gets 27. The next person that gets eliminated gets 28. And then the last person that gets eliminated will take 29. And the last person remaining will get the 30th spot at the Royal Rumble. It could be anybody. It could be anybody. Now, or you or you, or you could take it out, however you want to do it. All I'm suggesting to Survivor Series is if, is if they do a team-on-team advantage, make it interesting, you know? You can make you can make that match a Raw versus SmackDown match if you want to, but also make it to a point where there's a prize involved. Okay, have them take the last five spots in the Royal Rumble. Simple as that. They you know if they want to get it, you could give them an opportunity to get a championship. But come on, let's be honest. I mean, going on going against Roman Reigns, knowing that you're going to lose. Come on, make it make it a little interesting. Make it to that point. But Survivor Series. War Games and Survivor Series on Saturday, November 26th. Going to be interesting. I, you know, I can't wait to see how that rolls out and everything. So we'll see what happens. Check out WWE Survivor Series Saturday, November 22nd, 26th, only on Peacock and on pay-per-view as well. <laughs> Oh, yeah.
Hey, what's going on, Fermentors here? You know, I've always talked about my favorite place in all of Corpus Christi, Rich's Billiards, located over at 1515 Weber, over on Weber and Holly. Now, I know some people have been asking me for the past hmm, several years, why do I talk about this place every single time on my Main Event Talk podcast? Well, good question. You see, Rich's Billiards has been around for over 20 years, and I've been coming to that place for around 20 years. And ever since then, I have been there to shoot pool, to drink beer, to associate myself with some of the coolest people ever, and on occasions to go ahead and mess around with the jukebox from time to time. But not only that, they also have some great live events from some awesome bands that have played over there, including the likes of the Periwinkle Massacre, Shattered Sun, Shy361, and so much more. Not just the local acts here in Corpus Christi, Texas, but also some of the acts from all over the world. Several bands have played over there, including Edema, including Taproot, including Saliva, and a couple of others just to name. So, if you're in the Corpus Christi area, and if you want to have a place to eat, drink, socialize, have yourself a good time, Rich's Billiards is definitely the place for you. You can also show up over there, not just to shoot pool, not just to have yourself a good time, but go ahead and check out some of their UFC fights that take place on Saturday nights. Also, they do boxing, they do football, they do basketball, they do hockey. Hell, they even do professional wrestling. And it's most of the time when the main event walks over there. So, if you guys got nothing to do on any night, whether it's a Friday night, Saturday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, head over to Rich's Billiards and shoot some whole drinks and beer have yourself a good time and try out their food try out the burgers try out the wings try out the fries try out the pizza i guarantee you you'll never want to go to any other place other than richard's billiards here in corpus christi texas 5815 weber and as i always say not your average heroes the legend continues and this episode and this is a sponsored by the main event talk podcast i'm the main event player the super c and I approve this message. From executive producers Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia. They remember they were all crazy. The creators of Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Travel back to the golden age of wrestling. You know, we can use the word believability. Prior to cable television, it really was the territories. With bone chilling tales from the room. I don't want to shake your fucking hand, boy. You're under arrest. To the ring. My dad stretched the shit out of him. Folding. He's bleeding. Blood excites everybody. Straight from the legends who were there. Somebody had shot me with a little homemade little blowgun. <laughs> we used to pride ourselves on creating a riot. The fans would get so involved and get so mad. <laughs> wow, that's a territory story. These are tales from the territories.
So I mentioned earlier that we were going to get into the whole thing with uh, AEW Rampage, um, not, not Rampage, uh, AEW Grand Slam uh, that took place. You, you had a chance to hear some of it from the Wrestling Observer, but uh, you didn't get a chance to see or hear what has taken place the following night afterwards. Uh, so I'm watching all these matches, right? Well, I'm seeing some of the results here. So... Grand Slam had took place on the 21st of September, which was on a Wednesday, and then continued on on Friday, which is on the 23rd. So the results of the first one, I think they mentioned it earlier. Uh, let's see. Chris Jericho defeated Claudio Clashinoli for the Ring of Honor World title. Sorry. Uh, the Acclaim defeated... Uh, Swerve in Our Glory for the tag team titles, for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Pack defeated Orange Cassidy for the all for the All Atlantic Championship. Tony Storm defeated Serena Deeb, Athena, and Doctor Britt Baker DMD, uh, which also led the appearance of Soraya, which we talked about earlier. And, of course, John Moxley is the new... Now, I, I'm going to guess it's three-time champion, not four times. AEW World Champion. Now, here's the thing. Just to kind of clarify about what's happening here. You see, I guess they marked him as a three-time, now four-time champion because, when you think about it, John Moxley wins his first world title a couple of years ago. Then he loses it to Kenny Omega. Then he becomes the interim world champion, which makes that a two-time championship. Then he loses the... He, then he wins the AEW world title from CM Punk, which now makes him a three-time champion. And then he recently became AEW world champion by defeating Brian Danielson. So that, ma that makes him a four-time champion. Now... The confusion of that, before we get to the next part, is that I think he's a three-time champion. I think he is. This is why. He wins his first world title years ago, then loses it, right? He becomes the interim world champion. Now, technically, he's not a two-time champion. He's the first interim world champion, okay? So it's he's still a one-time champion, but... He never became a champion until he beat CM Punk, which now makes him a two-time champion automatically. And then he loses the world title CM Punk, and then he regains it with Daniel Bryan. So now that makes him a three-time champion. So unless they count the interim world championship, that, that would probably mean he's a four-time champion. But if they don't include it, then that means he's a three-time world champion. So what's my my thought of the whole situation is this. I think he is a three-time world champion. I don't think the interim world championship should count for anything because the word interim on there is, is what confuses the whole situation. I uh, Unless you, you want to include it as a world title, that's fine. You include it, but I would rather... I would rather not concluded, and just call him a three-time world champion. Just like that, it would make a whole lot of sense. Okay. Now, we got done with that whole situation there. Now, let's talk about what happened on Rampage, the Grand Slam version. 
Uh, Sting and Darby Allen defeated members of the House of Black, Buddy Matthews and Brody King, with an appearance by the legendary Great Muda. The Great Muda actually made his appearance over there, which was cool. I mean, I've not seen the Great Muda in a long, long time. We know that he appeared in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he also has his own promotion called uh, Noah, Noah Pro Wrestling, I believe that's what it's called. The tag team matchup right here, Action, Bronson, and Hook defeated members of the Jericho Appreciates the Society in uh, Matt, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. I, uh, well, they just have them by those names, or, or 2.0, as they're called. Uh, the next matchup here, Warlord and Samoa Joe defeated... Tony Nese and Josh Woods with Smart Mark Sterling in their corner. Jungle Boy defeated Ray Phoenix with the appearance of Christian afterwards with Luchasaurus. Sammy Guevara defeated Eddie Kingston. Well, technically, Eddie Kingston defeated him. Eddie, Eddie Kingston defeated him, but then all of a sudden it ended up Sammy Guevara winning. So, <laughs> that's how it went down. This one was a bit confusing right here. Jane Cargill defeated uh, Diamante with Trinity in her corner. Now, my first thought, and let me also get this out of the way. Diamante had mentioned something about the baddest bitch, right? And my first thought, my very first thought was Ivalice. That's who I thought. When I saw this girl, it's like, who the fuck is this? And... It's some girl named Trina, uh, Trina, right? And I'm like, okay, who's Trina? And when they bring it up to me, it's like, okay, that's Trina. And my first, my first actual thought is, she should be a baddie alongside with Jane Cargill. And boy, was I right on about that. So all of a sudden, Diamante loses to Jane Cargill, so she becomes number 38, number 39. Right, thirty nine and zero, and uh, Trina now teams up with the rest of the baddies. Oh boy, Hangman Adam Page wins the uh, the battle royal, so now he gets an opportunity at AEW World Championship. I don't even understand why Hangman Adam Page is even involved in a world title after the situation that's been happening with him. Well, anyways, John Moxley. I, I know he's going to put, put that shit to rest once and for all. Basically put Hangman on page in his place. Okay. And, of course, Ricky Starks defeated... I'm sorry. Uh, Ricky Starks defeated Powerhouse Hobbs in a lights-out match. An actual lights-out match. Not, not like the one that NXT had a few, uh, about a month ago, a few weeks ago, or something like that. Well, anyways, those are all the results from Rampage that took place uh, a few days ago. Um, they had the Grand Slam, right? They had that that took place. And then they also went ahead and had Rampage, a two-hour show, which was crazy because at the same time while Rampage was going on, you had um, Impact's um, Victory Road that took place on that event as well. So... It's just crazy. But anyways, those are all the results that took place at AEW's Grand Slam from both Dynamite and Rampage. 
And uh, all that's left, uh, I think there's probably another show happening this coming Wednesday on Dynamite. Check that out. And also, we got Full Gear coming up, which um, we do not know the status of what's going to take place at AEW Full Gear. But we do know this. We do know that there's a possibility that we will see John Moxley go one-on-one against MJF for the AEW World Title. We'll see that happening. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll get a chance to see... MJF finally become the champion. But we'll see what happens. AEW Grand Slam. It was sort of a Grand Slam. And that's just my opinion, my opinion only. Now, I know there's a lot more wrestling that we got to cover and everything, but we're going to save that for next week and everything because uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we are, we are getting closer to the end of September, going on October. So just go ahead and reiterate on a couple of things. Uh, several things are going to be happening in October. Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind would be Halloween. Halloween's one of them, you know. October 31st, that's going to be on a Monday, which means Monday Night Raw is going to be having a Halloween special on there. It'll be interesting to check out there. Also on, on October will be Bound for Glory, because that's going to be coming up on October 7th. SmackDown will be premiering its new episode it's a season premiere. Uh, they're going to be uh, showcasing um, a match. Uh, the match of uh, a match among matches, by the way. Gunther is going to go one on one against Sheamus once again for the Intercontinental Championship. And also, we haven't had a chance to, but we will talk about WWE Extreme Rules coming up next week on the Main Event Talk podcast. Hopefully, we hopefully we get a chance to do an episode next week, considering the fact that. You know, I've been a little bit far behind. But anyways, uh, Extreme Rules. We know that um, we know that Liv Morgan is going to be defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey, I believe. We also know that Karrion uh, Cross is going to go one-on-one against Drew McIntyre in a strap match, from what I understand. And there should be another match, not that I'm aware of or anything else like that, but we'll see how that shit goes. But anyways, that's what's going to take place at Extreme Rules. That's going to happen on October October 8th, as a matter of fact, on a Saturday. So that's going to be pretty interesting. We're going to take things to the extreme, if you will. But we will talk about that next week on the Main Event Talk podcast. As a matter of fact, uh, I just, wait a minute, I just realized something. We're, we are in October 25th. October 1st is coming up. So that means we got two weeks we got two weeks. Away. Wait a minute. It, it, oh, shit. This just occurred to me right now. Oh, fuck. Now I know why Bound for Glory is not going to have a pay-per-view. Why can't they put on a Sunday then? Okay, j- just for anyone that's wondering what the fuck I'm talking about. Okay, so in two weeks we'll be almost, we're getting close to, well, next week will be October, right? October 1st is what? On, um, let's see, 7th? Is on a Friday. Let's see, six, five, four, three, two, one. Next Saturday will be October first, right? Next Saturday, which which will be the very first Halloween edition, Halloween month, if you will. And I'll be presenting a lot of Halloween stuff in the next uh, few weeks as we go along. But this is the thing I'm uh, I'm pointing out. So October seventh is going to have. SmackDown, Rampage, and Bound for Glory, right? While October 8th is going to feature 
Extreme Rules from WWE. Why can't they put Bound for Glory on a Sunday? Oh, well. But anyways. it's <laughs> really nothing to discuss there other than what I just mentioned. But anyways, that's all that's going to take place on Halloween. Uh, on Halloween. On, on October. Uh, Halloween. Several wrestling events. Uh, no doubt a UFC event is going to take place. Uh, Emo Night is going to take place on the 15th. Antoine's Wedding is going to be on the 15th as well. There's a lot of shit that's going to be happening in the next... Oh, and also Halloween Havoc. Let's not forget that. Halloween Havoc uh, going to be on, um, I think it's going to be on, it's going to be on a Sunday, believe it or not, or Saturday, actually. Saturday on the weekend of Halloween. Hell yeah. I think it's on the 29th, I think. The 29th, am I right? I don't know. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I can't wait for Halloween Havoc. That's going to be cool. I can't wait to check it out for NXT. That's going to be the first takeover. From what I understand, the first takeover of 2022. See how that rolls. And I think that's about it. Now, we're going to be almost at the conclusion of this episode. But before I go, I got two more things I got to get out of the way. Uh, About a few weeks ago, I found it. I found it. I should have mentioned this at the very beginning of the show. But I I went ahead and found something. I found something that I never, ever thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever find ever again. Now, this is music-wise. We're going to skip out of the wrestling deal for a bit. So a while back, I went ahead and I had kept looking for this one song, right? Now, this all... To, to all of you that wonder what kind of music I'm about to play here in just a moment, I'm going to give you the heads up. It's going to be a Tejano song, okay? A Tejano song. But the reason why I'm putting this Tejano song in is because it's a song I never thought I would hear ever again. And it's a song that I heard back in 1996. This is around the time when Tejano was really becoming popular. And it's so funny. And, and if I think about this extremely close... I mean, Tejano music was always popular, but it got extremely popular back in 95 and 96 and 97, 98, 99, and and so on. But it got so popular at the time because, you know, when Selena died, automatically, automatically, Tejano music became badass. I mean, who was badass? Jay Perez, Grupo Mas, Intocable, and, and all these other... It's like, holy fuck how do you know these fucking names shit when you lived in corpus and when you've been around this kind of music you know you're bound to bound to get into it but there's this one song that not a whole lot of people like oh not a whole lot of people know about right it's a song that i uh i found and i thought i'd share it with you i think i may have shared it with you here i probably didn't but want to go ahead and get this out of the way now I found this in YouTube. I've been trying to find this in YouTube for quite a while, but I found out what I did wrong. Okay, so the guy's name is Chico, right? But it's spelled C-H-I-K-K-O. And I know some people are like, no, that's not how you spell Chico. Chico is supposed to be C-H-I-C-O. Chico. Well, yes, that's the correct way to spell it, but in the Tejano music world, that's how you call it. See, I knew the name was Chico, but I didn't expect it to be, like, I expected the, you know, when I typed it down on my YouTube, 
I couldn't find it, right? And then a couple of weeks ago, I finally found the song. I, 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 I basically spelled something in Spanish called Mi Amor, right? And all of a sudden I found some, some videos and some music. And I, I saw the video and I looked at it it's like, oh my God, that's not it. I pressed play and there it was. I saw the video because I remember the video, right? I remember the video and I remember the song. It was one of my all-time favorite songs. I admit that years ago, right? And one of the guys in there, he reminds me of one of my brother's friends named Lewis, right? And Lewis Lewis is more like fluffy every time I see him. Gabriel Iglesias, by the way, (coughs) who is coming to Corpus Christi in October, as a matter of fact. That's also somebody else to think about. But yeah, when I saw it, when I saw the video, when I heard the music... I was like, thank fucking God. Been wanting to find this song for so long and I finally found it. I didn't think about it. And once I heard it, I could not stop listening to it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then the 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 person, the, the crazy person inside of me says, you know what? It would be great if we would put this same fucking song on and put it for everyone on the Main Event Talk podcast. Well, quiero saber si es amor lo que siento cada vez que me acerco junto a ti. No sé ni qué decir. Quiero saber qué has hecho en mí. Has despertado. Dentro de mi corazón por fin me llegó 
una flecha de amor Porque tú eres mi primer amor, primera ilusión dentro de mi corazón Por mi me llegó una flecha de amor, directa al corazón I'm sorry, I just couldn't help myself. I, I just had to do it one way or another. I, I kept thinking, you know what? Should I, should I not? I go ahead and play it, and it's done. <laughs> that was Chico. Now, just in case if anybody's interested in looking for that song, all you got to do is go over to YouTube, look for Chico, and it's spelled C-H-I-K-K-O, and you'll find a song called Mi Amor. Uh, Mi Amor. Um, M I. A-R-M-O-R. I think that's what it's called, yeah. So anyways, that's going to that's gonna actually do it for this edition of this episode of the Mavit Talk Podcast. And I am sorry for taking too long with these episodes, but it takes me a while and I'm also a busy man. I got to do some stuff and anything else like that. So guys, uh, a lot of stuff going to be happening. We are, I think this, as a matter of fact, I believe this is the end of September. As a matter of fact, so this will be the last episode for September, but we're going to be doing a new episode in October at the very first episode, at the very first episode in October. Now, I, I've thought about this, and I think I'm going to do this on my Facebook, on my Instagram, and on my, uh, <clears throat> and on my Twitter as well. So, what I'm going to do, since we're coming into October, and since October is mostly known for Halloween and horror movies and all that stuff, I'm going to change all of my profile pics starting Saturday. So what that means is I'm going to change all of my, all of my profiles into anything relating to Halloween. It could be a pumpkin. It could be Jason Voorhees. It could be Jason, uh, it could be Michael Myers, it could be Freddy Krueger, it could even be any of my favorite horror, pe uh, horror people from WWE, or, you know, of wrestling, you know, anybody. Hell, I could even add some Castlevania to it. You can't have Halloween without playing a Castlevania game, because it relates to it, because it has vampires, it has a whip, and all that other good stuff. You can't have Halloween without Castlevania, for the love of God. That's fucking true. But anyways, a lot of stuff is going to be happening in October. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Extreme Rules is going to be taking place. Bound for Glory is going to be taking place. Uh, the season premiere of um, SmackDown is going to take place. Of course, we got Rampage coming up. We got AEW Dynamite. Of course, Monday Night Raw is coming up as well. Uh, we know that Monday Night Raw is going to be having a Halloween edition. That's going to happen in October, which is going to be on the 31st. And the main event cannot wait for that. And also, Emo Night going to take place over at Rich's Billiards on October 15th. The biggest Emo Night ever. Be a part of it over at Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average hero as the legend continues. And I just realized something. I think that's the first time I've said it in this episode. I think. I could be wrong. But anyways, get a chance to check, that, uh, check out that. And besides that, on October 15th, uh, my best friend is going to be getting married again. And at a church, and this time all of us will be there for it. My my um, longtime best friend, Mark Anthony Buntoja, is going to be married to 
uh, Valerie Ortiz. It's going to be great. Cannot wait. I'll be there for it in every way possible. And of course, um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of things happening in October. Like I said, I mentioned Bound for Glory, Extreme Rules, uh, AEW, a uh, lot of a um, lot of horror movies for people to watch in uh, Halloween. And also, I'm probably and also before we uh, sign off on this one, uh, we know on Halloween, especially in my neighborhood, you realize in my neighborhood, nobody really comes to my house in my neighborhood. It hasn't happened at all. It's so funny how all these years, and I know some people are going to say, well, it's because of the pandemic, Furman. No, you don't understand. Nobody comes to this side of the neighborhood at all. I mean, if anything, they go to the rich side of the neighborhood to get all the good, well, supposedly all the good candy, right? Supposedly all the good candy. Here's the thing. I provide candy too, but here's the thing. You know what's sad? I'll buy two bags of candy, right, at my house, right? But none of the kids, some of the kids will show up and then others won't, right? So I just said, fuck it. I'm going to leave it there. And if nobody comes before 10 o'clock, all the candy is me and my brothers. Hell yeah. That means Rick gets half, I get the rest. That's how it goes. But anyways, Halloween is going to be tremendous. Uh, October is going to be extremely good. And of course, you know that right here in the main event talk, I've also decided that I think in the next few episodes, I'm going to be doing a Halloween edition on Monday, uh, on October, you know, just to kind of get that out of the way, just kind of, you know, get that rolling, if you will, you know, because I would like to do an episode on Halloween. Uh, as, as, a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you know what? You know what? I, and first time right here in the main event talk podcast, we are going to do an episode of the main event talk podcast, a Halloween edition on Monday. That means that on October 29th, let's see, October 29th is on a Saturday. So that means we're going to leave October 29th alone and we're going to leave. We're going to have a Halloween edition on October 31st on Monday. It's going to be a first. It's going to be a first for me, which means we're going to talk all sorts of Halloween. We're going to talk all sorts of stuff in wrestling, as always. Talk about some of my favorite flicks. Talk about my favorite stuff. Of course, we can't talk about Halloween without mentioning Halloween Havoc. Talk about one of the greatest matches of all time from Rey Mysterio to Eddie Guerrero to the uh, what else had happened I think I remember uh, Hulk Hogan took on Ric Flair in the steel cage. Um, Cactus Jack and Vader in a, uh, what was it? Spin the wheel, make the deal, right? And then, of course, there was Jake Roberts and Sting. Several great matches that took place in Halloween Havoc. I can't wait to talk about all that and much, much more in the month of October. So be ready for that. As always... Follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. And check out my reels on on Instagram. They appear on my stories. They appear in my stuff. And I, I do do some stuff on my uh, Instagram reels, and they look pretty interesting. They mostly talk about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling, from AEW to the WWE. Of course, I talk about Jim Cornette. And I'm sorry that I didn't, I didn't lay out anything of Jim Cornette, but we'll probably talk about that next week on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Cannot wait. And also, 
you can also follow me on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash at Real Made of It Talk 2.0 for all the latest info going on in the world of professional wrestling, everything from AEW to WWE and Impact Wrestling, NWA, and much, much more. There's going to be a lot of news happening in the month of October. Be ready for that. And if you want a friend request me, Proceed at your own fucking risk, as I always say. And uh, also, oh, and thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for um, listening to this episode. And also, once again, big shout out to everyone, uh, including the best drummer on the planet, John Luna. I hope he celebrated his birthday. Stephanie McMahon, I hope she celebrated her birthday. Uh, Mateo, I hope you celebrated your birthday. And of course, the big boss himself. The big boss Dom celebrated a birthday today. Ho- hopefully, you, you know, we get a chance to see you back here in Corpus real soon. He lives over in Austin, by the way, just to let everybody know. But anyways, big shout out to all them and everything else like that. So thank you for listening. And once again, I must apologize once again. I know it took me a while to put this episode together, but I wanted to go ahead and put out the right episode and put out a good episode. And well... Yeah, here it is. (laughs) But thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next week. And, oh, actually, see you next month in October. Be ready for that. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I'll see you next time. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. There is one more thing that I got to put out before I do. Now, this episode is released on the 25th of September, right? Now, I mentioned birthday shout-outs. I talked about uh, John Luna's birthday, Mateo's birthday, uh, Stephanie McMahon, and um, Dom. Well, there is one birthday that's coming up, and uh, it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to take place uh, tomorrow. Now, me and this person have not spoken to each other in a very, very long time. And I'm hoping that she she's doing okay. But I think about, I think about this person practically almost, well, practically almost every every day. She's a part of the elite force. She's a best friend of mine, and you know, I have. Um, now I'm not saying that she will appear at the wedding. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I'll be surprised if she does at Antoine's wedding. If she doesn't appear, that's cool. I mean, you tried. I mean, I, I, I know what's been happening with her. Several people have contacted me about that. And I'm, hope she, I'm hoping she's doing okay. I know where she lives. I've not had a chance to speak to her. And I really don't want to try to speak to her. Not that I don't want to. It's just that it's one of those things where... I want for her to come to me like she always has. But anyways, her birthday's coming up tomorrow. And I thought I'd go ahead and just... I don't think she knows that I do a podcast. But she probably knows that, you know, if she's heard it from other people, that's cool. If not, that's fine. But I just want to go ahead and take this opportunity at the end of the show... To wish uh, a longtime best friend of mine a happy birthday as well. 
Look, I know we have not spoken to each other. I know we haven't said anything. I don't, I don't think I'm upset with you, and I don't think you're mad at me unless there's something that I have not been aware of. But then again, over the years, you have been mad about me for sometimes absolutely no reason. And I've often told you that if you're mad, I'm going to leave you alone. But I've also said that the only way you and I will be back on speaking terms is if you come to me. That's it. That's all you can do. And it's always happened every time. I have remember telling you that if you're mad at me, I'll leave you alone. But you know where to find me. Sure enough, a few days later, you come by and you speak to me. It's always been the same old stuff. Now, I admit, I admit that I kind of wish you were here still. I really wish you were. And with your birthday coming up, I wouldn't mind celebrating with you. But it's not my place to call. It isn't. So all I can say right here, from me to you, I just want to wish you a very happy birthday. And I don't often, I do often mention your name on the show. And I just want you to know that your name is being mentioned now. So, hopefully we'll see each other soon. It's been several years, but I have a feeling that we'll see each other again soon. We will. And just for the record... I am still talking to her, but we're not on speaking terms. Let's just say she went one way and I went the other. And whatever path she chooses, it's not my concern. And if you choose to come and see me one more time, maybe we'll catch up on current events. So with that being said, I just want to say... Happy birthday to you, Stephanie Gonzalez. And maybe, maybe one day, your kid will finally get a chance to meet me. Let's hope.
Let's go.